Give me just a as, second to set up the, the live feed, but as per usual, there are sirens in the background. <laughs> All right, I'm about to click it. Oh fuck. Welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. I'm your host and comrade, Rob. Uh, we're a couple days late on this uh, stream. It was originally supposed to be Monday. Um, unfortunately, I was in the hospital. Um, not going to go into too much detail, I guess, but uh, I broke my nose in three spots, so if I sound a little stuffy tonight, that's why. Um, our Patreon is live. Uh, every donation helps. Uh, with your support, we can grow this project into an independent leftist media source. The address for that is www.patreon.com/slash/forwearemen. 
Dan. What's up? <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm Don. Good news, Hughes. And I'm going to bring you some good, good news. Hey, I don't know. I don't know, man. Indeed. Trisha? Trisha. Hi, I'm Trisha, the Zen motherfucker Moffat, your hostess of the month of Rant. <laughs> I'm here to go on Skyway to know about how fucked up she is. Indeed. So, uh, let's see. What do we got today? All right, I guess we'll start with the first segment. That's, that, that makes sense, right? Mutual aid. Um, I actually have a bit to say about mutual aid today, but I'm gonna cover these uh, this story first. Um, comes from Vermont, uh, mutual aid groups, you know, people helping people. As usual, mutual aid groups on the ground are helping local people who need it directly. Uh, the Root Social Justice Center in Brattleboro, where Linton is the program director, has worked towards these goals since its founding in 2013. To address increasing mutual aid needs in the Black, Indigenous, and People of Color community, uh, Linton and Communications Director Tara O'Brien teamed up last July to create the Root Social Justice Center Mutual Aid Support Network to help Vermonters share resources and build connections with their neighbors. Specifically, the network aims to, uh, aims to meet the needs of the Black, Indigenous, and people of color and members of the Root community in the Brattleboro area. An extensive collaborative spreadsheet lists requests and offers for help, initiatives that could use support, and links to other local resources. Listings range widely in topic from childcare, transportation, food access, housing, academic assistance, financial support, and companionship. In our society, this is a quote, uh, in our society, people of color are invisibilized. Um, living in Vermont and predominantly white communities specifically, uh, by uh, black indigenous people of color trying to access certain resources are not able to have choice or a voice. As always, to me, anyway, these, these stories are inspiring. Um, it's exactly what we need to see in the world is people taking care of people. Obviously the state has little to no interest in doing that. Um, so I guess uh, that's really all I have today for mutual aid, but I wanted to point out, and, and I put this under sustainability, which it's the same category, but uh, vertical gardening. You can grow 10 times more food in the same amount of space with a vertical garden as you can in traditional uh, gardening formats. And I also wanted to say that I will be uploading a how-to video, uh, how to make a vertical garden out of a standard wooden pallet. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I'll be filming it, you know, in the next couple of days here. Anybody else got any uh, anything to say on mutual aid or sustainability or community gardening or? 
solidarity. Indeed. My fist is up, but it has a piece of chicken in it, so I'm not going to show that to you right now. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Well, uh, this next segment's yours, so... Women's rights. Beautiful. Alright. Um, okay, the first story that I wanted to talk about this week on women's rights is Sarah Everard case out of London, UK. Um, she was a 33-year-old woman. She was missing for about a month, and her body was recently found in the woods in Kent. Um, a London Metro police officer has been arrested for her murder. Her loved ones and supporters came out to hold a candlelight vigil for Sarah and were brutally attacked by police and arrested. Um, Rob, will you hit play on that video that I linked there? Um, yeah, hang on just a second. Please and thank you. It's atrocious to see how the cops treated these people at this candlelight vigil. Just utterly horrendous. I actually haven't watched the video yet, but I, I'm willing to bet that it's probably the English version of the candlelight vigil for George Floyd that was uh, that was uh, broken up by the cops. concern about women's safety in Britain after the killing of a woman. This morning, London police are being denounced for using force to control a weekend vigil over the death of Sarah Everard. The 33-year-old disappeared on her way home late at night. A police officer is charged with kidnapping and murder. As Holly Williams reports, protesters say too many women are at risk and they've had enough. <laughs> protesters gathered outside Britain's Houses of Parliament last night. Sarah Everard's killing has touched a nerve in this country, igniting grief but also frustration that women must still fear for their lives on the street. These students told us it could have happened to them. Two years maybe after Me Too movement, we thought that maybe we've made some progress with women's right, with women being safe. Well, actually, I think the murder made us realise that we're not, we're not actually there. Sarah Everard was last seen walking home along well-lit roads. A week later, her remains were found and a serving police officer was charged with her murder. Sarah was strong and principled, her family said in a statement, a shining example to us all with the most amazing sense of humour. Dead women is a thing we've all just accepted as part of our daily lives. Thank in you. Parliament, one lawmaker read out the names of women killed here in the last year where a man has been convicted or charged. Bruce Williams. 118 of them. Kelly Fitzgibbons killed alongside her two daughters. At this makeshift memorial near where Sarah disappeared, there was a vigil on the weekend. Even Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, made a private visit to lay flowers. But later on Saturday night, the police tried to break up the crowd. The vigil was against lockdown rules, but their heavy-handed tactics and these images have horrified the nation and helped fuel more protests last night. Sexist police off our streets, they shouted. This time, the police officers just stood and watched. 
The government here has now called for a review into police tactics used at the vigil. The UK is one of the most gender equal countries in the world, but 97% of women aged 18 to 24 here say they've been sexually harassed, according to new research. Gail. Oh my gosh, Holly Williams, that is very disturbing, very disturbing statistics. Thank you so much. So many questions in that case. Did the officer yeah. know her, not know her? Was it random? Also questions in the tactics that they used to break yeah. up the protests. But yeah. that is a that is a huge protest. Yes, yeah. those that numbers are really, really. That that brings up some really good questions there. Like, how can women truly be safe when those posed with the task of serve and protect, kidnap and murder us? You know what the fuck? And why is it that the Metro Police were allowed to assault the candlelight vigil? Were they taking it personally that one of their own is a fucking murderer and for once being held accountable? Uh, I mean, maybe. That's kind of what it sounds like, isn't it? Right? What it sounds like, what it looks like. Um, about time we end that thin blue line, because that's what that is right there, is those cops being fucking volatile and violent towards innocent protesters and people just trying to commemorate her life at a candlelight vigil and they're going to use force because one of their own to be held accountable for it. No, I think every one of them should be held accountable for assaulting innocent protesters. They had every right to gather. Hello, Natalie and James. Nice to see you guys back. Hello. I apologize for my face. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> well, not like you intended to catch a, a mini frisbee with your face. You and mini? I mean, those fuckers weigh like 170 grams. According to Dean, that is more than a baseball. Oh, damn. Yeah. Apparently, a baseball is about 150 grams, and those disc golf discs are about 170 I didn't realize it. Although yeah. I guess I mean it would depend on if it's a long range or a driver or whatnot, you know. Well, right, right. It was a mid range and it had some ass on it. It was an attempted putt, but it was a pretty damn long putt. He wasn't gonna oh, make it anyway, but he got me square in the nose. That's a hell of a putt, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for so sure. Easy on the putt. Damn. Well, yeah, but it was a really long putt, so you got to put enough ass on it for it to make it to the basket. You steer clear of, <laughs> you know, the basket. Yeah, well, I mean, mistakes were made. He yelled for, I didn't move. He uh, threw it when there was people in the way. I mean, we were both wrong. <laughs> Shit happens. Hey, you're okay and you're here, and that's the important part, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, ironically, they actually kept me in the hospital for it. I thought it was going to be... At first, I'm just like, I don't need to go to the hospital. But, uh... Right? I figured you would just be annoyed with the process. Like, fucking really? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I was so annoyed. Like, <laughs> by the time that they finally let me out yesterday, you know, they're like, well, are you sure you don't want to stay another night just, to, just for observation? I was like, I didn't want to be here to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> right? Give me them discharge papers, damn it. Yeah, so my face is the reason that we were not here Monday, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happens, it happens. At least, you know, 
you're out of the hospital now. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, on to the second story, I guess. Yes. This is one that I put in here for Women's History Month. Um, you know, happy March. Uh, the other night, I watched this movie called Fornetta. Um, it's a documentary from 2010 uh, about Netta Sultan. She was an Iranian activist who was shot in the heart by a sniper during a protest against the presidential election. Uh, she was against the, the religious extremist regime from the time she was a child. While a practicing Muslim herself, she was against oppression. And, you know, she was the first in her school to fight and win her right to not wear a hijab to school. And as an adult, she was an activist protesting for women's rights, whether it be, you know, basics like wearing makeup and the clothing they wish, or even to simply exist in public without being assaulted. She started college for Islamic studies, but was met with so much sexism that she left the school and decided to give a job that made it possible to travel. Uh, she wanted to get the fuck out of there and, and not be oppressed like that. Um, so, like, she went to Turkey quite often for work, where she became even more empowered, relishing her ability to exist as she pleases, not be confined by the laws of religious extremism. Um, back home, though, uh, when she came back to Tehran, she was marching with the pro-reform green movement, calling for a new regime. had overturned the religious extremism enforced by then-president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad and thought that they truly had a chance when other candidates met with him for debates and millions of people took to celebrate the possibility of true change only to go to vote and not be allowed to even vote for her choice because every voting center she went to in Tehran only had representatives for Ahmadinejad thereby not even allowing for votes to be cast for any of the other candidates. So following the election, she again marched against his regime in the election fraud itself, and she got shot by a sniper right in the heart, dying within mere moments as the crowd surrounded her in tears. A doctor and one of her teachers tried to help her to no avail. Um, the regime even forbade all imams from presiding over her funeral in an attempt to silence her voice even after death. And they failed because her death instead began another level of revolution with millions of people marching against Ahmadinejad, wearing Netta masks, chanting, we are Netta. Her story shed light for the rest of the world on the violence of the tyrannical rule in Iran, as many other countries also began to question the election results. So in 2013, when Ahmadinejad reached his term limits, the youth and middle-class green movement successfully elected a moderate, Hassan Rouhani, who said, and I quote, there must be equal opportunities for women. There is no difference between man and woman in their creation, in their humanity, in their pursuit of knowledge, in their understanding, in their intelligence, in their religious piety, in serving God and serving the people, end quote. And he promptly appointed women to positions in government, including in the foreign ministries. So, you know, it's cool that they are making progress there. Her, her death there as a martyr for this movement helped to push that needle to the left some more. 
I would like to take a second to point out, though, that Iran and other countries like this, they're not going to experience true freedom and equality until their governments are no longer being run by religion. That's one of the biggest problems when it comes to oppression like this, is a lot of these countries' governments base this justification, this false justification for oppressing people on their religious views and put that shit into law. And that's something we've started to see here too, that we need to squash before that really starts to take even deeper of a foothold. But I digress. Um, and I will close this story out with just saying that Nutta's murderer, though he was identified by the crowd and actually filmed leaving the protest, running away, he was yelling, I didn't want to kill her, I didn't want to kill her, but, you know, like, bro, you shot her right in the heart. But that man has never been brought to justice, leaving her family to question his ties to the Ahmadinejad government. Anybody have anything they'd like to comment? Are you hearing me okay? Yeah. Okay. Did anybody have anything they wanted to say about Netta's case? Um... Uh, not off the top of my head really um it's it's sad that this is where we are in the world that's really all i can say right when shit like this still happens because people take to the streets just to declare like i have human rights and get fucking killed for it it's horrendous but it's this movie was very eye-opening I recommend watching it. Um, I think that was on HBO. I forget. Indeed. Um, speaking of women's rights, I, I I don't know if this is the appropriate section to bring it up, but I wanted to bring up the uh, Atlanta shootings. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, from the sounds of it, I don't, I don't know about all eight, but from the sounds of it, the targets were uh, all women. Asian women that all Asian women. were working in uh, spas or massage parlors or whatever. And uh, I'm just going to pull up the CNN page because obviously they've had pretty full uh, coverage, but... Uh, the Atlanta mayor says the suspect should face the stiffest, most appropriate charges. I think that's the understatement of the fucking year right there. Agreed. They, th they should throw the book at him, and then they should pick it up and hit him with it again, just to be sure. Right. Repeatedly, just, just beat his ass with that book, entirely. Um... This is just a really fucked case from what I'm seeing. You know, he's trying to basically say, oh, well, I, I did it because these women were a temptation to me and my my sex addiction. No, fuck you, guy. 
you don't get to go and slaughter a bunch of women because you have no control over yourself and your own fucking desires. Amen to that. And and what gets me is like foreign foreign media, you know, pointed out like his anti-Asian posts on social media, whereas the American media is trying to blame it on his sex addiction. Sounds to me like he wasn't getting any. That's not an addiction. Nope, he's a fucking angry incel who couldn't get his fucking dick wet even if he tried to pay for it, obviously, and had a fucking problem. He's... they can't sit here and logically try to deny that him being a racist piece of shit has a lot to do with this. Where these things collide of racism and sexism and volatility amongst the fucking incels who just hate women because nobody wants to fuck them. You know, fuck you, guy. You don't get to go around killing people just because nobody wants to fuck you. So the uh, the suspect purchased his gun this week. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I think that we're going to see that as a, a lead into uh, waiting periods, which I don't really have a problem with anyway. If you want to buy a gun, there is no reason that you can't wait seven days to go pick it up. Yep, this is true. If you're in that big of a hurry, then you must have something you're planning. It might not be all that great for the rest of us. But some uh, 911 callers said uh, that he was kicked out of his parents' house last night and that he was emotional. But he has been charged... He has been charged with, and this is expected to grow, obviously, there is at least eight dead, but he has so far been charged with four counts of murder, one count of aggravated assault, and has no bond. Man. Mm-mm. And he's going to face uh, separate charges in Atlanta. That was from the state. They need to put that piece of shit away for the rest of his fucking life. No, in our system, he'll probably get like 10 to 15. Be back out to bullshit like this again. So, I mean, like, I don't want to give this motherfucker his 15 minutes of fame or whatever, but I got to show you. If he doesn't look exactly like what you pictured him looking like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> goodness. And I I guess he must have been shirtless because he's wrapped in a jail blanket and his fucking mugshot. I I don't get it, bro. Mm -mm. All I know is there's something seriously fucking wrong with society when we are producing so many people like him. Because there are entire forums that I have found of incels discussing shit like this about how they want to go on killing sprees and murder a bunch of women because they can't get laid. Something wrong with this fucking society. Like, how the fuck are we producing so many incels who think it's okay to go and do shit like this? And what the fuck do we do to fix it? Because this is unacceptable. 
this isn't some, nobody should have to worry about going to work and getting killed just for being a woman or for being the race that they are you know and that's one thing I saw at least one news source points out that you know volatility towards Asian people has grown dramatically since the pandemic started but it seems like this dude was already just a, a racist any fucking way yeah well, I'm go ahead I mean, to me, it sounds more like an Asian woman turned him down at some point, and he... I think he went into this parlor trying to solicit something, and he was turned down, and he went back and shot it up. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. That's what I... Dude, a lot of these racist motherfuckers just assume that if it's a spa and it's people running it that they must be there for a happy fucking ending like fuck you you're not there for that and uh from from what this uh article is saying that it's all it's it's been all women victims yep and uh i think that they should be Discussing it as an anti-Asian hate crime because he posted a bunch of racist shit on his social media about Asians. And he didn't go to any other goddamn massage places or spas between the fucking hundreds of miles that he drove. Um, he was specifically targeting Asian ones. Yep. I mean, the Secretary of State is saying that, you know, hatred like this has no place in America, but I mean, it's kind of bred into our system from top to bottom. Yeah, it's it kind of far from the course. can't hear you, Don. Oh, I was just saying, it's kind of par for the course at this point. I'm not even surprised by hearing this. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, me either. Me neither. I just still find it just as fucking inappropriate though as I have any other fucking racial or gender-driven crime. Right. I'm just gonna say, I mean, obviously obviously the common sense fix to this would be background checks, a mental health exam for, for purchasing firearms. And I'm, I'm not talking like, you know, Oh, you're kind of depressed, and they take your guns away. But like, but like this motherfucker, there was red flags for miles. Right? Maybe yeah. uh, people's social media should be part of that. Of like, if you're going on racist fucking tirades, or going into forums and talking about wanting to go on mass murder sprees, maybe we shouldn't let you buy this fucking gun. Yeah, and it's the same thing every time. That there's there's red flags for miles, and everybody just kind of ignores it or laughs at it, and then we're dead. Yep. All right, I guess that's going to take us into our next segment, which is politics. Uh, so stimulus checks are hitting bank accounts. It's funny because I originally said starting to hit bank accounts. 
But, uh, you know, this was supposed to be Monday. So, <laughs> uh, yet the IRS for me doesn't, uh, doesn't know anything about my payment. Congratulations, IRS. You're really on top of it. No, but really, <laughs> no, but really millions, millions of people need this stimulus check. I'm glad that it's being rolled out as quickly as it is. I got um, my pay. But the, the narrative was kind of gross, like sucking the Democrats asses. Uh, you know, like, thank you, POTUS Biden. Like, Biden didn't do it. He happened to sign it, but so did Trump. Uh, right. And Trump wanted to give more money. And I hate to fucking be pointing out something that, like, <laughs> Trump would have been a better option to pass this under. But at least he wanted to give us two grand a piece, not fucking whittle it down. Right. He's still a piece of shit, though, both of them are. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I mean, and they 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 sold out so much uh, for GOP votes that they didn't get and they didn't need. I'm not going to go too too deep into it because we bitch about the Democrats a hell of a lot, but that's just because they're in power. But it's already getting tiring, and it's only been two months. Uh, oh, 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 Rob, well, we're not done bitching about the Democrats. Oh no, 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 <laughs> but. I mean, about this, I'm not going to beat the dead horse on this. Okay. You heard me say I was here for the tirades, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've got one that I had for another section of this, but I'm realizing that the two pieces I had, <coughs> major political happenings, kind of, and international, so. Indeed. We well, the only other the only other one. thing in U.S. politics that I have is Biden talking about the Cuomo investigation. We should see what it brings. I mean, what what do you think was going to happen when they ask a Democrat if another Democrat should resign? They're going to fucking beat around the bush, and that's exactly what he did. Right? No direct answer. Can't give those. <laughs> but then again, he's also not psychic, so you know. Yeah. Oh, actually, I lied. Don, there is one more thing in U.S. politics. Actually, it's right here in Maricopa County, Arizona. Hey, hey. Uh, a contempt hearing is being sought against Maricopa County Sheriff Paul Penzo. So let me get this straight, first of all. He ran against Sheriff Joe for disobeying a contempt order, and he won. But now he's doing the same shit. On the same case. On the same case, right. And all I have to say about it is fucking defund the police. But anyway, Paul Penzone took office four years ago as Metro Phoenix's new sheriff, promising to turn the page on the problems created by his headline-grabbing uh, predecessor, Sheriff Joe, ousted in part after he was found in contempt of court for disobeying a judge's order in a racial profiling case. Now, Penzone faces calls for a contempt hearing in the same profiling lawsuit, this time for not complying with a court-ordered overhaul of his agency's much-criticized internal affairs operation, which has a backlog of 2,000 cases, and each one takes 500 days on average to complete. Civil rights lawyers in the U.S. Department of Justice asked a judge in a court filing Wednesday to hold a contempt hearing for Penzone, arguing he is out of compliance with the requirement that internal investigations be completed within 60 or 85 days, depending upon which operation within the sheriff's office handles the cases. They're taking over 500. Just to, you know, throw that out there. 
The attorneys argued that the length of the investigations has resulted in lost evidence. How? Everything's digital nowadays. How does anything get lost? Anyway, that makes it more likely that officer misconduct won't be confronted. Surprise! In short, when the uh, internal investigation and discipline system at Maricopa County Sheriff's Office remains in a dysfunctional state by quantitative and qualitative measures, the plaintiff class cannot be assured that there will be accountability for misconduct that, offends, or that affects them. I mean, they're calling for civilian oversight that has no real authority, and they're still holding it up. Not to mention that he literally ran and won because of this contempt ruling to begin with, and now he faces contempt in the same lawsuit. Fucking nuts. What did he think was going to happen if he didn't fucking actually change the way things would be run there? How can you fucking run on a platform of, I want to change this subject, and then fucking get in and be like, nope, going to do it the same as the guy I ran against? What? No, unseat his ass. Keep on the fucking police. Give the money you're wasting to pay his fucking, uh, paycheck and put it towards something actually good. Indeed. I 100% agree there. <clears throat> Real quick before we move on to international news. Um, I was struggling with where to put this one because I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me to put it in um political happenings, major political happenings, but it is it is the fault of politics, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, 2020 has been extremely taxing on America's National Guard forces. Um, the, the National Guard has always been the um, break break glass in case of emergency. Mike's muted, Rob. Oh, my bad. I was saying, I guess Don froze. He is not in the meeting anymore. Do you know if he finished what he was saying, or? No, it cut him off mid-sentence. That's what I thought. 
I well actually Emily's watching this on the TV out there and I went out there to get a drink because I forgot to and then it got real quiet and I like ran back down here like oh no um so uh fresh anti-coup protests have hit Myanmar after a night of deadly raids this was uh over the weekend it was on Saturday actually um Activists called for more protests on Saturday, the anniversary of the uh, death of a student who was killing a 1988 sparked widespread protests against the government and led to the emergence of their elected president as a democracy icon. Uh, the calls came following an overnight crackdown by security forces that left at least three more people dead and several injured. Uh... Several people were also reportedly detained or beaten by authorities on Friday night, following a nationwide candlelight vigil for slain protesters. That just seems to be becoming way too common. Yeah, yeah, it does. But something's wrong with our employees. So, uh, the 888 campaign, um, is marking the, the, the death of the student phone Mao. Uh, oh, excuse me. His shooting and that of another student who died a few weeks later sparked widespread protests against the military government known as the 8888 campaign because they peaked in August that year. An estimated 3,000 people were killed when the army crushed the uprising. Wow. wow. That's fucking heartbreaking, dude. What the fuck is wrong with our employees? And just keep fucking repeating my broken record. You know, like realistic. Well, never mind. I'm not even gonna say that. I'm, I'm really surprised that China hasn't gotten involved. Honestly, dude, somebody needs to step in because there's something seriously fucking wrong with this picture. When these fucking things are being allowed to just go around and murder the people who need their very fucking paycheck uh, and provide for their living, they're not the ones doing the work for that. The fucking people they're killing us. The fuck is wrong with them? Right. Amen to that. Uh, clashes broke out in Senegal after the arrest of opposition leader. I don't know how to say his name. Ousmane Sonko. He was arrested on March 6th. Uh, the events point to a political radicalization of youth and workers in Senegal and across West Africa under the impact of deteriorating social conditions intensified by the uh, coronavirus pandemic and the French-led war in Mali. The unrest in the capital is the most serious since 2011 when then-president planned to change the Constitution to ensure his election, wow, and the handover of power to his son after his departure. Wow. French imperialism then supported the installation of Macky Saul, who still remains in power. They don't got term limits? Shit. Well, they apparently must not have much fucking restriction on that shit in the first place if they're still doing archaic. Like, I passed this seat down to my son. Well, uh, right, right, right. But I mean, that's the thing. The French were opposed to that, so they installed their own leader who's still there ten years later. 
Go home already. Go back to your real job. Government jobs are supposed to be temporary positions for people of the community to come and represent their fucking community and serve in government. And sadly, that's not something we see. Instead, we see motherfuckers exploiting it for their own personal gain who won't ever leave the fucking office they think being a fucking politician is their career. No, you're yeah. supposed to have a real fucking career and bring your input to the table. Like, if you're a fucking scientist, bring your input to the table for a science committee, you know, etc. Not, oh, my career is politicking. Fuck right, 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 right. So... Uh, the anger of the protesters is also directed at companies from France, which helped install Saul in power in 2011, and which has apparently agreed to the arrest of his opponents. Wow. The driving force behind the demonstrations is the fight against French imperialism. France is conducting neo-colonial military operations in West Africa to defend its interest in the region. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's interest because those fucking resources belong to the African people, not the French. The French can fuck off and go home. Well, I mean, you realize that we do the same shit in South America, right? Like, I know. I'm against imperialism across the fucking board. There is no excuse for colonization and imperial bullshit like that. You don't have a claim to the resources on somebody else's land. I don't care when you fucking landed a ship on their shore and stuck a flag in the dirt like this shit's mine now. No, it's not, motherfucker. Go home. And I say that just as loudly to the fucking American imperialists as I do to any fucking others. Shut the fuck up and go home because those are not your resources. Right. Those belong to people who actually fucking live there. Uh, after NATO's intervention in Libya, France, under former Socialist Party President uh, Francois Hollande, whatever, launched a war in Mali in 2013, which has since, by, or since been intensified by Macron. Several thousand so soldiers are permanently stationed in the country directly working with armed forces that have been accused by human rights organizations of committing war crimes and facilitating ethnic sectarian massacres. So, uh, I guess what we're really seeing here is that the people of Senegal want to be liberated from French imperialism. Right? Give it to them. As Trisha already said, go the fuck home. Right, this is one of the most fucking angry things about the world straight the fuck up this this makes my blood boil more than anything that when people think of poverty stricken areas oftentimes their minds go directly to those fucking like tv commercials for you know save a child and send some money and it's always you know some poor kids starving in africa that they put on these commercials so um it's one of those things where like literally africa has the largest amount of resource wealth in the entire fucking world and the African people are being oppressed and not allowed to have any gainful means from their own fucking resources because the white motherfuckers come in there from other countries and being like well I pissed a circle around this mine or I pissed a circle around this oil. Fuck you. Go home. Those resources belong to the people who fucking live there and it should be providing for their fucking well-being. There's no excuse for literally the 
fucking region of the world that has the most wealth considering natural resources to be dealing with the worst levels of poverty. That's their money. That's their resources. That's their fucking gemstones. That's their fucking oil. Go the fuck home, friend. really really fucking not just sad but just so angry because of just how bad imperialism is how how much devastation it's been allowed to cause as i've already said it just blows my mind that we're still at this point in our society right like what the fuck what in the actual fuck So, Don, I know you got cut off earlier. If you want to finish what you were saying. Sorry about that. The uh, the infrastructure in this part of Michigan is all fucked and mismanaged. and Yeah, that's why you're just... in black and white. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> and, and I like to be tactical. I like to be tactical. No, that's not it. I just, you know, too poor. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so anyway, just what I was saying was it is starting to get taxing on the National Guard to be deplo deployed to so many places since we went into er, Iraq and we realized that that was going to take longer than we thought. We called the Guard and started deploying them so the, the regular army could come back and, and regroup and figure out the mission. And, and last year we deployed them to countless cities. I'm actually sure I could we could count the cities. I just don't feel like it. But we deployed them to multiple cities in the United States to uh, put down riots. It, it gets taxing these people. Most of them, unless they are field grade officers, are working class people who have full-time jobs, families, whole lives outside of the military. And none of our politicians, really, they, they seem to get used, the military in general seems to get used as more of a, more of a, like a football that politicians like to spike when they're, uh, when they're campaigning. Um, but they don't really give shit about them. Uh, and that wraps up what I was saying when I got cut off by this bullshit-ass infrastructure. Anybody else? Anybody else? Trisha? My bad, I, I bumped the mute button on my mic. I didn't realize it. Um, that That's actually, you know, related to the rant I just went on a moment ago about politicians not giving a fuck because they're not part of their community. They've made politicking their fucking career instead of having a real job, a real career, and bringing what they've learned in the, that vicinity to the table for a short term of actually serving the people in government. They don't do that no more. They make a fucking career out of it and they separate themselves where they 
you know, they're sitting there becoming millionaires and billionaires. They don't give a fuck about the community they come from no more. They're not yeah, like, like the National Guard especially is part of the community. I was regular army and I know that I wasn't really part of the the regular citizenry of the United States. I was mostly off in Germany and then Afghanistan. Um, but the National Guard especially, they don't get stationed overseas. They they live their lives and then a couple of weekends a month they go and train, then they train more, and then we deploy them to Iraq and then we deploy them to DC to make sure that people don't fucking storm Congress because they think that QAnon is God and uh, Donald Trump is going to somehow magically drain the swamp when, I mean, he didn't, anybody notice that he didn't like really, nothing changed. He didn't drain anything. He just brought more, more fucking alligators in. He infected the swamp. The swamp was already full of muck and he brought some infection in and made it spread. Drain the swamp, my ass. How's a swamp ass motherfucker like him gonna drain any kind of swamp? Indeed. Was that motherfucker made sure that more of the fucking swamp members got more of our fucking money? Well, on that note, and I'm talking shit about the Democrats, I guess. Uh, the, the the tax benefits in Biden's stimulus plan are a larger tax break for the rich than Trump's tax plan. I'm just Jesus saying it. It's only for a single year, but I'm just fucking saying. But and, in that year. How much wealth is going to move upward again that they don't fucking need while the fucking working class people starve? Exactly. We're sitting here fighting to even get fucking pittance stimulus checks, pittance fucking unemployment checks, fucking chump change that doesn't cover the cost of living, but we're supposed to pay taxes on that unemployment to send it to the wealthy motherfuckers who don't need it? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So that was an unintentional pretty segue into Power of the Strike. Goddamn right. Uh, Did we cover international news? Was that yeah. international news? Shit. Yes. Shit, I covered what I was going to cover at the end of national news and not what I was going to cover in international news. Oh, well, we can backtrack a little bit. All right, hit rewind. Hit us with that reverse card, Rob. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. We I'm are so sorry. In the I'm international also, political happenings section. I'm also I'm also cooking corned beef right now, so I'm a little distracted. Uh, I just want to say to James, he just said the poor are the poor and the rich are the rich, and everyone else is stuck in the middle. At this point, though, it's the poor are the poor and the rich are the rich, and everyone in the middle is becoming poor. Right. That's a huge fucking problem here they are literally disintegrating the middle class i mean it was bad enough already that we weren't doing fuck all to lift the people out of the poor range into the middle class 
You're doing the opposite of what we needed to do. As usual. It's going to be fucking peasants and bourgeoisie again if we don't put a fucking stop to this. So, right. uh, Don, what do you want to say? Okay. Okay. So I'm going to be quoting a, an article from taskandpurpose.com. I'll link it in the comments after the stream or at some point during the stream. Um, I just want to talk about, I, I guess, to talk more shit about the Democrats, um, which seems to be a lot of what we're doing tonight, Rob. Um but I just want to point out that with the people that we have in office, as far as the executive branch and who he decides to pick, we seriously risk Cold War with China. And it sounds weird to say. It sounds weird to say, but it almost sounds right to say at the same time. It, it's a really weird topic. We need to talk about it. Um, case in point, uh, if you listen to Admiral Phillips Davison, um, the head of U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, um, sorry, my phone just messed it up. Messed up. Uh, he recently gave a speech describing China as quote the greatest long-term strategic threat to the security in the 21st century, to security in the 21st century. Um, in stark contrast to our free and open vision, the Communist Party of China promotes a closed and authoritarian system throughout internal oppression and external aggression, Davidson told the Senate Armed Services Committee on March 9th. China quote, China's, I don't know how to say that word, honestly. Um, I think it means ag aggressive. China's aggressive ap approach to the region includes a whole party party effort to coerce, corrupt, and co-op governments, businesses, organizations, and people of the Indo-Pacific. Davidson warned that China increases its military buildup throughout 2049. The, the point is, the point is, um, if you replace China in those quotes, and the article points out, it, it's like you travel back to the 50s. If you replace it with um, uh, uh, the Soviet Union or Russia, it's like you're traveling back to the fucking 50s. And we need to watch out for this. And it's not like China isn't also playing playing a part in this as well. You know, they do openly sail around the Sea of Japan, which is contested territory. They put out propaganda. The party puts out propaganda videos about American uh, helicopters in the 50s getting shot down with like shitty background music. Both parties are to blame. I'm not saying that. I am saying that um, we just need to be aware of it. If we're not already in a cold war with China because of Trump and 
previous leadership, then we may be in the very near future. And that's that's all I have. I find it kind of ironic that, that it's framed in that way because like we've already been in a cold war with China for quite a while and we already fucking lost because okay just look at their infrastructure look at their airport look at their fucking planes look at the things that they set up to actually fucking you know improve life there um they have literally fucking eradicated poverty at least if they're telling the fucking truth um but making sure that everybody has the things they need they've not had too bad of a problem with handling the the coronavirus outbreak there because they took the fucking incentive right off the bat to literally build fucking quarantine centers in a matter of days like the first couple of days that the fucking outbreak was happening bad they had enough housing for 40,000 fucking patients to be quarantined they actually made use of the communism they have there to do things that were necessary to improve their infrastructure look at us over here with people sucking capitalism's dick while you can't get proper fucking health care have nowhere to quarantine and are living in poverty and um traveling in fucked up manners like we we don't have anywhere near the infrastructure that they have we're still using old school shit trains while the rest of the world is using fucking you know bullet trains and shit china included so uh to me all this is is more dick measuring bullshit between capitalist dick suckers here and ones who are you know communist dick suckers over there they're dick measuring and both of them are coming up short in certain manners but at this point china's dick is bigger okay 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 hold on hold on (laughs) I know uh, where you're coming well, from. Well, hold I know. On, I know. I know I, I, okay. okay. I was. I was just gonna say that we can't say that we eradicated poverty from being a third world country seventy years ago. We can't say that we have universal health care. We can't say that we have bullet trains. We can't say that we overtook the world's industrial superpower in seventy years. I mean, I think by all measures, China's dick is bigger. Okay, okay. And and I'm not saying that these are not valid points. Give me a second, it's right there. I'm pretty high. Hold on. Uh I'm I'm medicated, sorry. Heavily medicated. Um No. We we can't I, I'm not saying that they haven't done all these good things. I'm just saying that you you can't look at the good things and be blind to bad done it. Agreed. There's a reason that there were riots in Hong Kong and have been riots in China in the past. There are clear times where whole areas of China were on fire and they just refused to acknowledge it. Uh, the the communist the communist party in china is not completely without um fault in a lot of things 
and militarily they are they do come off as extremely aggressive well true but at this point look look at it this way if we were to real war not, not cold war but real war with china and they overtook the united states imagine how life would change and i don't you think really believe that it would but I also don't want to speculate on something like that. I don't really want it to come to that. I wish we could just leave each other alone, honestly. Or realize that we're all fucking humans and we're yeah. all one race and that we need to work yeah. together if we want to survive. We have realistically no business with what's going on in China, just like they've got no business dealing with what's going on over here. It's... Ridiculous. It's pointless. The reason why I bring that up as far as um, that potential and, you know, what they're hinting at is, is if we were to get into war with them. Um, it comes from two shows. There's, there's a show called The Man in the High Tower that I have watched that is a futuristic uh, a setting where uh, we have gone into outright war and China literally and Japan uh, I believe uh, took over the west coast of the United States and the sheer difference in the way people were treated there versus on the other side was eye-opening. Same for in The Handmaid's Tale. In The Handmaid's Tale, the east part of the United States was being run basically by fucking crystal fastest Nazis and fucking the west coast um, by Asia. You know, China and Japan and whatnot, the superpowers over there, taken over there. I believe it, it was mainly Japan in that one. But uh, anyhow, um, there, it, it showed the extreme dynamic between, you know, uh, straight up oppression of women and minorities under the fucking neo-Nazi rule on the eastern part of the United States versus in the areas being run by the Asian superpowers. There was no, you know, systemic racism and sexism being imposed there. So that's why I bring that up because I've seen this conceptually brought to life in a few shows like that where it was pretty fucking eye-opening like holy shit look at the difference in in the way that the governing happens there and what people could see happening um that said there's still way too much authoritarianism but that can also be said for america too not just for asia you know well i mean also with works of fiction you need to take into account the author and what they go through it, it's true i'm just saying it, it's an interesting thought to debate it isn't your... yeah it is definitely an interesting thought to debate we don't know what the fuck will happen we're not the ones running fuck I'm done eating and about to move on to smoking, so I'm going to turn my camera on. Hi. <laughs> I am going to move us into power of a strike, because we were trying to go there half an hour ago. Fucking A, let's do this. <clears throat> oh, God. 
So, uh, today, in Power of Strike news, well, it's not really today, I guess, uh, but the House passed the PRO Act, which is the, the, what is it, People's Right to Organize Act, I think? Yes, Protecting the Right to Organize Act. Um, the bill passed Tuesday with a 225 to 206 votes, with five Republicans joining Democrats in favor of it. Uh, they say the bill is unlikely to advance in the Senate given the lack of Republican support, but if the Democrats stop trying to work with these people and just move on, they can pass whatever they want. They've already proven that. They keep selling shit out for you know, making a deal with the Republicans and then they don't get any Republican votes anyway. Uh, anyway, the president of the AFL-CIO told uh, NPR, the PRO Act would protect and empower workers to exercise our freedom to organize a bargain. It's a game changer. If you really want to correct inequality in this country, wages and uh, wealth inequality, opportunity and inequality of power, passing the PRO Act is a set absolutely essential to doing that it was passed in the uh, Demo Dem democratic controlled house last year but it was never taken up by uh you know mitch mcconnell uh he was the the grim reaper of legislation if you will uh so i actually i actually have a picture of lich mcconnell I um I think I shared it to the group chat. I really think we need to start bringing that up every time we talk about him. It's eye opening. I think next time I play D and D, he's gonna be like next time I'm the dungeon master. He's gonna be the big bad at the end of the game. Just this undead wizard that doesn't want to give poor people money. So uh, Biden Biden himself is uh, backing the legislation, which is kind of shocking. Actually, I mean, I know he always plays himself as this pro-union guy, but he doesn't ever act like it. So, uh, but he said in a statement on Tuesday, nearly 60 million Americans would join a union if they get a chance, but too many employers and states prevent them from doing so through anti-union attacks. They know that without unions, they can run the table on workers, union and non-union -union, non -union alike. Big business groups are lined up against the measure. Surprise. Right. We should probably to... stop letting business owners write workers write legislation. Uh, I'm just saying. I think. <laughs> They're the very ones who don't want actual workers rights to pass because it would affect the way that they exploit their fucking employees. Uh, so, there are five provisions, and, uh, oh, I skipped this part, my bad. The National Retail Federation has called it the worst bill in Congress. They must not have seen our fucking military budget. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> fucking truth, man. But there are, there are five provisions in the PRO Act. Uh, one, so-called right-to-work laws in more than two dozen states, including yours and mine. Allow workers in union-represented workplaces to opt out of the union and not pay union dues. At the same time, such workers are still covered under the wage and benefits provisions of the union contract, 
The PRO Act would allow unions to override such laws and collect dues from those who opt out in in order to cover the cost of collective bargaining and, and, and administration of the contract. So basically, uh, much in the way that right to work laws cut the teeth out of a union, uh, this this bill would put some of those teeth back. Uh, employee interference and influence in union elections would be forbidden. Company-sponsored meetings with mandatory attendance are often used to lobby against the union organizing drive. Such meetings would be illegal. Additionally, uh, employees would be able to cast a ballot in union organizing elections at a location away from company property. That's long overdue. As it stands right now, to unionize, you have to hold a vote that is overseen by the National Labor Relations Board at your place of employment. That is troublesome, though, because then that you know, just location-wise alone, if you're forced to do so at your place of employment, then you're forced to do so in an environment where you might not be so comfortable expressing your fucking, you know, actual rights that you want to be respected um, because your employer might be standing right there while you call out shit that they do that is exploitative of your labor. That That's awkward and uncomfortable. This should be allowed to have uh, their own place to meet for union decisions like that. Indeed. Real uh, quick before we move on, and well, I know we're still not even through the the five oh. things, oh. so so we're not even close to moving on. But go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it, it it dawned on me that I uh, I set up the tactical operational man center here at forward operating base use and i haven't even been paying attention to the fucking comments dude <laughs> the wow. whole reason i put it wow natalie i don't know what i said 10 minutes ago but hell yeah uh, <laughs> james yeah you get the point man people people are people um Sorry, guys. I meant to be paying attention to these comments a lot more than I have been. I will try harder. All right, Rob. Indeed. Um, yeah. So uh, often, even success number three, I should have said number three first. Often, even successful union organizing drives failed to uh, result in an agreement on a first contract between labor and management. The PRO Act would remedy that by allowing newly certified unions to seek arbitration and mediation to settle such impasses. Uh, well, I mean, I can't believe that that hasn't been a thing already. Uh, number four, the law would prevent an employer from using its employees' immigration status against them when determining the terms of their employment. I mean, they, they do list, as it is right now anyway, they do list country of origin, but they do not list immigration status. And that, that should be. Uh, hang on just a second. I'm getting a phone call. Okay. 
Turn the jam up. Okay, don't hear me. <laughs> These beats are fire tonight, man. Smoke break, Don. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Sorry, I was feeling a little weird there for a second. Couldn't quite concentrate. I'm back now. Um, what are you doing, Trish? All right, just packing a bowl. Oh yeah. Yeah. Does the um does does the crow fly north at dawn or more around noonish? More like noonish. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Unless I have insomnia and just can't sleep and and then it who knows. Okay. <laughs> um. Yep, everything is almost ready to roll as far as the old land ship set and sail. Okay, well, keep in mind the infrastructure, especially the electric electrical grid at um, the old homestead. Indeed. Um, yeah. We'll although, figure it well, out. Right, right now... The land ship ain't gonna be drawn much anyhow. My fridge isn't even working. Um, nor are the fucking lights that are on the undersides of the cabinets. So I literally just have LED lights going and damn it, kitty. If I could power this motherfucker by cat, I wouldn't have a problem at all. But <laughs> <laughs> if you could just power it by by Meow's fucking majesty. Figure out a way to harness that. Just put him in front of a window overlooking a city with a fan blown on him and harness that energy. You know, I've done so in the Keys and it harnessed a bunch of tourists coming over taking his photo. No, no, no. I need, we're looking for like <laughs> somehow turning it into kinetic energy. So the. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. That would be dope. That would be. If only I could. He is quite a glorious kitten. He is. Uh, but, you know, there's many reasons why he was named after Chairman Mao. <laughs> I um I was talking to Leanne about him the other day, and I feel I was reminded how um, lucky I am that he allows me to pet him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, because the the first time Leanne tried petting him, he like her hand got close and his paw just went. Right, and he's got some pretty good sized paws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fully clawed. They do have the razors on them. They came installed with. Sorry about that. You're good, man. We made small talk. That was Great, we, that was the hospital. They wanted to make sure I wasn't having hey, like, hey. acute bleeding or, you know, like that the pain meds that they gave me are effective. Hey, at least they're checking on you. Fuck. That's different. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so... We've just been discussing the most honorable chair kits in Meow Satan. <laughs> Indeed. The only um, thing, the when only we thing start we having... left on this piece is number five is establishing monetary penalties for companies and executives that violate workers' rights. 
How does any labor legislation have any teeth without that? That's a good question. Anyway, Don, you were saying? <laughs> oh, I I was saying some just comedic bullshit. Um, it's not really important, but if you want to hear it, I'll say it. Go for it. You want to hear it? Okay. Okay. I vote that um, as a member of of the um, voting populace of For We Are Many, um, I vote that when we have credits at the end of these things, we list Chairman Mao as our, um, or Meow, sorry, Chairman Meow as our um, producer. Okay, that's a good idea. Just our producer. Bring it on. <laughs> I dig it. So, okay. uh, just yeah, also in power of the strike on Saturday, our revolution Ohio held a rally to support Amazon workers amid, a union, uh, amid their union battle. Thousands of workers at an Amazon campus are deciding whether or not to form a union. Uh, Amazon has held mandatory sessions to tell workers a union would command dues when they already get the kind of compensation benefits, including health insurance, that unions negotiate. So basically, they're they're starting the same anti-union shit that Walmart's been doing for thirty years. Um, you gotta watch out doing that. Germany will cut them off. <laughs> right. Serious. Serious. Oh, I know. You can't... I know. Well, I mean, there's a lot of countries in Europe where you 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 have uh, well-established labor laws. Um, almost all of the Nordic countries pretty much have like man mandatory union uh, membership. It just makes sense, right? Uh, but anyway, the point is, is that uh, our revolution, Ohio, which our revolution is, you know, the 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 Bernie offshoot group. Um, uh, they are. They are rallying in solidarity in Ohio. Um, looks like a decent amount of people came out. Um, yeah. And then they, they talked about the PRO Act as well, actually, which we just talked about, so I'm not going to be redundant on that. I'm, I'm curious how broad that PRO Act is. Is that a federal thing? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. The fuck's up. So, what do we have next? Does anybody have any guesses? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm scrolling. Climate change. There we go. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Yay, the elephant in the room. One of uh, the elephants in the room. <laughs> actually, I don't even know why, why, I why I quit sharing that. Uh, Emily wrote a very well put together article on climate change, what it is, what it affects, and how we can help. Emily also said WAP in the comments. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Did she really? Where? Yeah, she said WAP. And then damn it. <laughs> You must be on a different feed than I am. Yeah, I'm on the uh, Facebook one. 
Well, yeah, the, I mean, the me too, but... pages, the the one from the page. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, climate change, what it is, what it affects, and how we can help. I'm not gonna read the whole thing. I'm pretty much just gonna read the first two articles and then drop the link in the comments or probably have Don drop the link in the comments because I don't have Facebook pulled up on my computer, but simply put, climate change is a phenomenon in which the weather has become consistently unusual for its normal expected climate. The key, the key word here is consistently. We do not want to mix up weather with climate. Weather is the constantly changing temperatures, precipitation, wind, etc. that we experience day to day, while climate is the greater picture, the overall trend in a particular region, which can take hundreds to millions of years to change. There are examples of climate change all over the world, from glaciers melting, thick sad hungry polar bears losing their home, and rising water levels to something as little as a region consistently receiving a few more or less inches of rain per year. Climate change can and does occur on its own. The problem is directly related to the activities of humans intervening with the natural process of processes of the earth, which then amplify the greenhouse effect. The greenhouse effect was defined in 1895 by some dude's name I can't pronounce, as, quote, the natural warming of the Earth that results where gases in the atmosphere trap heat from the sun that should escape back into space. To explain this theory further, I've created a diagram of the process seen below. Here is Emily's grand graphic. It's great, right? It's pretty great. This is beautiful. This, yeah, hell yeah. Good job, Emily. I'm so fucking proud of you. This belongs in a textbook, right? This looks it? amazing. Um, but no, it's a it's a solid article. Like I said, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a little bit long, but uh, then I, she also linked my uh, importance of a Green New Deal article in it. So what I'm going to do, Don, is I'm going to copy this link and drop it in the Slack, and then you can drop it in the Facebook comments. All right, give me a minute. I got to pull Slack up on the old uh, secondary screen here. Yeah, that's what I did too. Yeah. Um, so a recent study, um, the, the results were released uh, this month, actually. Uh, that says global warming could make survival in the tropics impossible. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Good. Try again. Three, <laughs> two, one. Limiting global warming to targets proposed in the Paris Agreement could keep tropical regions from reaching temperatures that are beyond human tolerability, a new study projects. <laughs> but, I mean, they're going by the, the 1.5 degree Celsius goal, which we're already at 1.4 degree uh, increase. There is no way that we are going to meet that goal with our current course of action. And that's why we need a Green New Deal. But I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. You can read the article I wrote about it. Um, but if countries are able to cap warming at 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, the tropics will be spared temperatures that surpass, quote, the survival limit. But life in the world's hottest latitudes come, could become intolerable if those controls aren't met. The study focused on a measure called wet bulb temperature, which accounts for heat and humidity and is similar to what weather watchers know as the heat index. 
The general idea is the body doesn't just respond to temperature, it also responds to humidity. The body cools itself primarily through sweating and the evaporation of sweat from the skin. At a certain heat humidity point, it becomes thermodynamically difficult for that to happen. Uh, he, uh, st scientists believe that a wet bulb temperature of 35 degrees Celsius is the upper limit of human tolerances. People vary in how much they can stand the heat, but at a wet bulb temperature of uh, 35 degrees Celsius, anyone lingering outdoors would be in trouble. The body normally maintains a fairly stable internal temperature of 37 degrees Celsius, which is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, skin temperature has to be a little lower to allow core heat to flow to the skin. If it's not, a person's internal temperature could quickly rise. Uh, high core temperatures are uh, dangerous or even lethal. Uh, that's according to a grad student in Af Atmospheric and Oceanic Sciences at Princeton. Uh, um, James in the comments said, speaking of climate change, where is Dean and James? The, um, the answer to that question is simply, he is three years in the future. He'll be here. A wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. And he'll get here when he needs to. Yeah. Dean will be here. Uh, he, he told us that he was going to be late. I said that a wizard is never late. Anyway. Dean will be here eventually. Uh, anyway, the point is, though, is... If we raise by more than that one and a half degrees, most of the tropics are going to be uninhabitable due to the humidity and the overall heat. Um, it's not as easy to just, you know, sweat it out. <laughs> if, if it's hotter and more humid, you can't just, uh, you know, sweat out your heat. So um, a significant portion of the planet would be uninhabitable effectively. And a lot of it is primarily primarily the places that I like to be in order to get the fuck away from the extreme cold up here, you know? So, <laughs> this, this is knowledge that we've had since I was a little kid. I remember my teacher in fourth grade telling us about the problems that were already starting to cause in the rainforest. You already know what you already know what mom would say if she was listening in on this right now. They've been talking about it since she was a kid in the sixties. And we still haven't done a goddamn thing. When the fuck are we gonna actually do something? This talking about it for so long, the bureaucratic bullshit surrounding like no, this is a problem we need to take action. We need we need something like like when when we as a nation tried to go to the moon, we gathered up a bunch of scientists, the best ones that we could find that were in the fields that we needed them to be in. And we stuck them in a place and that was their job. Figure it out. We need to do that again. It's not a political thing. We need to do that as a 
as a planet because it affects all of us. Amen to that. We need Earth Force. Rob, be on the lookout. Austin's going to be jumping in here soon. Yeah, he said he didn't know what was happening tonight. I thought we communicated that better, so I, I guess that's on us. Hey, it happens. Miscommunication happens face. all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, you are hard to understand with the uh, two black eyes and the broken nose. Yeah, well. I can still read you should see the other guy. <laughs> oh my god dude colton's disc the dude that threw it it had blood on it bro Damn. oh well, as fuck <laughs> dna evidence and everything <laughs> oh man moving on to everybody's hopefully favorite segment i thought you said that about the last one <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. I'm high. Same, man. Can we change this one to swine hunting? <laughs> I mean, same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. this, uh, this week in combating fascism. Actually, I don't know why I stopped the screen sharing again. I, I keep doing that like when I need it. Let me pull this back up. We're not going to watch this whole thing because it's a 18 minute video, but just uh, wanted to let these gentlemen say a few words. Oh, hey, Austin entered the waiting room. Hey, hey. Yep. Okay. All power to the people. All power to the people. My name is King Rick. I am the leader of the original Black Panthers across America and chapters internationally. The biggest panther in the motherfucking jungle. We are here today with our chapters from Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Yellow Panthers from Minnesota, our chapter from Madison, Wisconsin. We are here today to hold Minneapolis accountable the police department, the DA, everyone involved with the Derek Chauvin trial. It's not the George Floyd trial. It's the Derek Chauvin trial. Derek Chauvin murdered a brother from our community. And we're here today at the start of the trial, at the start of the jury selection to let them know if there's no justice, they shall have no peace. Far too often on camera, are we killed? Are we shot? Are we murdered? Are we beaten? Yes, we are. Because the laws and attitude of America were never designed to protect the people it oppresses. And who does it oppress? People of color. That's why we are here today to make sure that they know that if there's no justice, they shall have no peace. We understand that there was a settlement, $27 million settlement today, and the family deserved that. But by no means does that exonerate the murderer cop, Derek Chauvin. It does not exonerate him, and we're going to let them know. We are here for justice. 
We are here for peace. We're here to make sure that they are held accountable in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is now ground zero for the revolution. And we're here to let everybody know the original Black Panthers, our lineage comes from the original party in 1966 and we're still around. We fight against racism, oppression, injustice, inequality, and police brutality. We are not a racist nor hate group. We are against those things. And I want everybody to know we are too black, too strong, to be denied. And I want to introduce my chapter leader from Minneapolis, Minnesota, my general here. I want him to just say a couple of things because we honor and love and respect him. And our, our chapter here is doing a great job. That's one of the reasons we're here, too. So here, General, let's get black. Thank you, General. Well, it all sparked off last year. The chapter began last year here. That's what lit the fire and said, we got to do something. And I'm not talking about the, the, the scraps that's given. I'm, not ta I'm talking about something with force, something with stability, something that's consistent. And that's what we decided to do. We decided to put a stamp on it now to say this ends. This ends. No longer do, do we accept the scraps, the little silver pieces, the little uh, 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 passerbys and stuff like that. We want it all. We want. We we are getting us. We are getting our justice by any means necessary. That's why we're here. No, no threats or anything like that. But this is this is a promise. We will get justice. We're not asking no more. We're not politely singing. We're not joining hands. We're not doing any of that shit no more. No, we don't sing kumbaya. <laughs> not at all. We are here to put our place on history as our forefathers have and as we are today. We stand on their shoulders today to say this stops. This stops, and if we gonna make it stop, one way or another, this stops. Rest in peace to our brother George Floyd. God bless the family. They've given some kind of uh, uh, some kind of something for for their suffering, but it ain't enough. Again, these are, those are the scraps. Those are the, those are the scraps that you're trying to give. We want justice. If anything, we want y'all to put under the jail. Fuck yeah. I am, uh, I'm a fan of what they have to say always. I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm watching old, you know, Huey Newton speeches or Fred Hampton speeches or these guys. They, they still have that passion. They have to. But, it's very sad that 50 years later, they're still fighting the same fight. I, I mean, they're still, you know, being attacked by police. Well, I mean, maybe not them specifically, but the protesters, as we saw after George Floyd's murder, the protesters were mercil mercilessly beaten by the police for protesting a murder. Have, we really, have we really made it anywhere in terms of... No. improvement of civil rights no not there because it is a truly fucking american thing for people to be out protesting police brutality to be met with more fucking police brutality this shit needs to stop these are our fucking employees and they've yep. got the fucking audacity to be in the streets killing the people who pay for their very fucking living 
these motherfuckers they they belong behind fucking bars at the very fucking minimum and so i didn't keep up with the 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 chauvin trial all day um obviously the info that i have in here is outdated um but the uh, jurors were called back over the $27 million settlement, and two jurors were let go. Um, but yeah, anyway, the, the, the point is, though, is that uh, it has been a painstaking jury selection process. I will say it seems like they're kind of trying to be fair about it, but not enough. It's never going to be enough. I think that... Well, I mean, they aren't taking on anybody that is Back the Blue or Black Lives Matter. That's what I mean by that. They're trying to be impartial, but that's not actually how it goes, and we all know that. Right. There were jurors they dismissed simply because of, you know, stating, well, that was an incorrect fucking way to even try to pin somebody like the, the guy who was a martial artist that got dismissed. Right, right. Um, but that's not no. what they're there for. That's that's what the trial is about. That You don't bring that up in the fucking jury questioning. Well, it was... <laughs> You know, they they had asked him why he said that he shouldn't have had his knee in his neck like that. You know, and he was like, "Well, you know, for one, it was up too high. Like, and of course, being in that position, it's gonna kill him. Don't do that. You should know not to do that if you're fucking trained. And if you're not trained, you're not then you should be out there." Well, right, but I mean, why are they asking questions about a video that is that has not been submitted to evidence yet? Um, that was part of their selection shit too, is dismissing anybody who'd already seen the video. So it makes me wonder yep. if they're trying to block the video from being shown in court for everybody to actually watch him die under that fucking pig's knee. I mean, I kind of got that vibe. Um, and that would also explain the heavy fortifications around the courthouse too, but... I mean, we'll see when we get there. When they start fortifying places, you know that it's going to be... They're preparing for it to be bad. Yep. Um, but I, I believe... I think that I, I know they were up to eight, and I know they got rid of two, but I think they seated two more today. I think they're back up to eight. Is my point. Um, yeah. I cannot wrap my head around why this is taking so long. Like, I mean, come on, you're you're seating two jurors a day. Why are they making this a huge, expensive, drawn-out trial? This should be an open and shut thing. Right. Here's the video of him fucking sticking his knee in someone's neck instead of, like, I don't know, the shoulder at most if you even, you know, have to, you know, take somebody down to cuff them or something, but, uh, that's not the case. That doesn't, 
that doesn't apply here because he had his knee in his neck for what seven or eight minutes memory serves right wasn't it like eight and a half minutes might have been my memory's kind of fuzzy but I remember that video was fucking long so uh like every second like why why is he still fucking holding him like that it's unnecessary, inappropriate. What the fuck? So I, I'm just going to play a video for this. And it, it, again, it's just, it blows my mind. This is where we're at in society. And we will be right back here live after the national anthem, ladies and gentlemen. slurs the mic was on the mic was not off the mic was on obviously he wasn't like talking directly into the mic or anything but he used a, a, an announcer at a high school girls basketball game called the players a racial slur during the anthem because they kneeled I emphasize high school there too yeah I mean, that's, like, how low can you be? Whether the mic was on or off, and he thought he should have never said anything of that nature. So, I mean. You know, and it's really telling. He felt, he thought the mic was off. Therefore, he thought he was having a private conversation with his colleague. Therefore, he felt comfortable saying those things during the national anthem to his colleague. And yes, Leanne, it, it happened. It happened. It really happened. <laughs> Ron said, as a former health professional, his excuse is bullshit. But yeah, Leanne, it did. It did happen. And it's... Yeah. 
Yeah, it's I'm just sorry, I'm really off my, my good news game today. <laughs> it it really shows you how far we still need to go as a society. Absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> so Dean is joining us if Dean wants to uh introduce himself and such. Hi everybody. Hi, hi, I'm Dean. I'm the person whose voice you are hearing right now. <laughs> ah, shoot. Sorry, I'm late. That's okay. We love you anyway, Dean. A wizard You're not is never late. late. A wizard is never late. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, Rob, say something. Hi. I just want to see you. Oh, you look pretty good. I'm not great, but I've been worse. You should oh, have before man. she fixed it. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you in pain? Are you okay? Uh, well, I took a fat glob of RSO right before we started the stream, so. He is not feeling much. I, I mean, I, I'm way less high than I was when they pumped me full of fentanyl yesterday. <laughs> wow. Don, still... you look fantastic. You... <laughs> Thank you. I got, a, I got a haircut, man. Yeah. I, uh, I rearranged the room. I got this. Uh, I got this tactical black and white. I going. see the. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else is Austin? Hi, Trish. So to go in a little bit more detail, Ron clarified what he was talking about. The dude's excuse said uh, was that his sugar spiked, and Ron pointed out, as a former medical professional, people tend to get ornery from low blood sugar, not high blood sugar, and. Uh, He's just another racist motherfucker. And uh, I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, we were talking about Atlanta shooting. No, no, we're talking about um, uh, the announcer that called the basketball players the end. Oh, yeah, that's God, geez. Can't believe it's 2021. <laughs> and at a high school game, no less. It's just like. Thank you. Long working in the school. Eliane says blood sugar makes people racist. <laughs> no, no, that's the point. Is that if he was going to try to use that excuse, it would be that low blood sugar can make you ornery. Okay, but no amount of low or high blood sugar makes you racist. If you're racist, you're fucking racist. Right. Ornery ain't got shit to do. How do I know I'm an ordinary motherfucker and I don't go around saying shit like that? I don't go around thinking shit like that. There's something fucking wrong with you, man. Brain <laughs> right. processes shit. You do not belong working at a fucking school. Fire his ass. Yeah. Once again, I blame Trump. Hi, Austin. Hi. For him to be that open with that, that's years of hate that he's been Correct. okay to express towards people. So he just feels, you know, he feels like it's right. It's his right to be like that, which I mean, that there is no right that makes it okay to be racist. So no privilege makes it okay. But you did hit the nail on the head there. They, they feel entitled. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was comfortable enough, even if he thought the mic was off, he was comfortable enough at his post 
is the announcer of a high school football game to say these things. Right, even if he thought he was only speaking to his coworker, what the fuck? But then again, what the fuck are you even thinking like that for? There's something broken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If he feels that comfortable talking to his coworker like that, how many times have they talked like that? How many people in that area have talked like that? And nobody's come out and been like, hey, why why are you doing that? Why are you being racist? That's why they're kneeling. Yeah, because it's it, yeah, exactly, because it happens, and they, I'm sure, that, I'm sure those kids know that in their schools or in that organization of basketball that they probably see a lot of racist things because they have to go to a lot of different schools and play, you know. So, dude, I don't even know anybody. I don't know anybody who talks like that. I haven't heard talk like that since I was like. In high school, and even then, not really. You know, that was just in certain segments of the population. And we're talking about a long time ago, right around the time you guys were all born. You know, that it's just unfathomable that there are people, po- pockets of our society that still that still speak that way. Yeah, and I, I guess it's because. I guess because we don't know, we don't do it. We don't know anybody that does it. We don't hang out with anybody who does it. I'm quite sure that people of color listening to us right now go, y'all need to <laughs> wake the fuck up. <laughs> well, well, actually, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one to say it. Um, having grown up in a small town and this, I guess you could look at it as good news because it's news that you can in fact change your point of view and grow past that bullshit but like having grown up in a small town where people say it where it's one of those pockets i have even said horrible fucking things like that in my youth and i mean i i take no joy in that but it it definitely happens um and i've grown past that and i've repented for that as much as possible but well, I mean, the the thing is, though, is that I think that most of the the speech that you're referring to, because I witnessed a lot of it, and a, a lot of it was like racist jokes. Like, I, yeah. I think I, I'm not trying to like make excuses. I don't think that anybody should be talking like that. But I don't think that a lot of the the people in that circle understood that what they were saying was hateful. I mean, think about it. How many of them as adults talk like that now? Well, then again, how many of them as adults do you even talk to? Because I don't. (laughs) Yeah, most of them because they talk like that still now. Fair enough. I don't know anybody who talks like that. I just, and maybe that's because I've cultivated my, my uh, reality bubble, you know. So in my world, that just doesn't exist. It's unthinkable. And it hasn't existed for the better part of, you know, 35 years. So it's kind of difficult for me to comprehend that there's been a few moments of awkwardness but i no they're not people that i had any connection to you know well right yeah unfortunately i know people that speak like that today i live in uh, pennsylvania uh, not even a decade ago we had the ku klux klan march uh probably about 50 miles from my town and i'm sure people here you know, plus I did that BLM march here last summer and 
there were a lot of hateful people, especially on the on the cops posted it, and uh, the cops had to delete some of the messages that they were. <laughs> they did. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A medical professional, a local medical professional, almost lost her practice because her husband hopped on their joint Facebook account, posted some shit about running us over at the. Uh, at BLM protest, bringing his guns, and like people, it was really I and I pointed it out to him at the time. I was like, the, most of the people that were saying shit against it were people that would be like thanking me for my service on Veterans Day, making a big a big deal about like coming up to me and saying something to me because it's a small town and everybody knows me. Right. Like, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, I do have our next article queued up. If, right. uh, if you like, yeah. So, uh, I don't know what subject we're on. Are we still on, uh, inequality, justice? You, I mean, now it? that you're here, now that you're here, we could do, uh, COVID 19. Uh, I am prepared to do that. Uh, I wouldn't. No offense. I'd like a maximum amount of off. I'm. I'm well, I got a. I got an article queued. Uh, check your. Check your Slack chat. But uh, uh, check the Slack Slack chat. But I got a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I before I launch into this, I will say, uh, you know, I do have a, a pretty major update to drop on that. Uh, probably everybody on this call has seen it. Or at least knows that it's, that that it's out there. I do have some information. I do have some stuff to bring. Um, I kind of wanna. I kind of wanna wait till tomorrow if that's okay. I can give a minor update though if it's up, if it helps. If you want, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever's comfortable for you, Dean. So on the topic of insurrection fallout, political reports that a judge has ordered a pre-trial release of a key oath keeper charged in a capital attack. The decision is set back for the Justice Department as it seeks to show that some elements of the Jan 6 attack on the Capitol were part of a sophisticated and organized cell, well, cells, intent on violently blocking the transition of power. A federal judge has released a member of the paramilitary Oath Keepers group who is the lead defendant in the widest ranging conspiracy case the Justice Department has filed over the storming of the Capitol on Gen 6. Thomas Caldwell, 65, was ordered, moved from the D.C. jail to home confinement after Judge Ahmed Mehta said that the fact that Caldwell never went to the Capitol with so-called stack of other Oath Keepers rendered the government's case against the Navy veterans somewhat weaker than that against some of the other eight defendants in the case who probably were present at the Capitol at the time. Quote, there is an absence of direct evidence, at least, of planning by the call by Caldwell to enter the Capitol building, unquote. Meta said following a Friday afternoon hearing held by video conference, quote, ultimately, he did not enter the building. Others did actually carry out the plan, unquote. So they're still, they're still mealy-mouthing and meandering around about this thing. We just can't seem to get our heads around uh, 
you know, and I know that a lot of folks have talked on this, on the show quite a lot about that, those activities, but, uh, you know, so there's no need to get back into it uh, in detail, but, you know, it looks like as they try to start to drag these guys into court, there's the, it's fall, the fallout has fallen apart. The hopes that well, we would it, see these guys then hanging from the from the prison walls and chains are are starting to fade. Well, okay, so that that is kind of a hope that I I have a problem with because every time in my lifetime that I can remember that something like this happens, it's like. You remember the process of debathification in Iraq in the early days of Iraq when uh, Brenner went in there and he got rid of everybody in the Iraqi government and disbanded the Iraqi military and alien just what I'm more what I'm what I guess I'm saying is that as always I want to suggest caution with this because some of these guys are stupid some of these guys are stupid they didn't necessarily realize they got caught up some of them could have gotten caught up in the moment is all i'm saying it's very possible that they got peer pressure they should be held accountable but i don't want to see them hanging i just don't want to see people hanging all willy-nilly from fucking prison walls man (laughs) Well, honestly, if their intent was to go into that Capitol building and take people, members of Congress or members of the Senate, or for that matter, Pence himself and hold them hostage until they got what they wanted, then yeah, they that's a conspiracy. Then yeah, absolutely. And they deserve absolutely. whatever comes as the outcome of that. Absolutely. They're traitors and they need to be treated as such. Hanging by if they were... Go ahead. Oh, um, I was just saying, if they're just, you know, some, they're your stupid racist, semi-racist cousin who's never seen a black person before and has only ever heard Trump speak and doesn't know any fucking better, maybe they shouldn't be punished as severely, I guess. I don't know. What's your take, Trish? Okay, this is a lot to unpack here. Um, as far as going back to, you know, this specific case of him being released prior to trial, um, I don't think that should be happening. Okay, the, the people that you're referring to, Don, are just the dumb motherfuckers that ran along with it. A lot of them were interviewed outside like, wait a minute, no, I, I wasn't planning on storming into the Capitol building. I just wanted to storm the lawn and be heard, you know. Um, the ones who were actually storming in the fucking building, trashing stuff, stealing stuff, sniffing shoes and chairs. Um, no Eating cops to death. <laughs> yeah. Like the bitch that got to fucking take her vacation and shit. Like, why? Why are we letting these people out of jail? No, they should sit in fucking jail and think about where they fucked up. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I'm just trying to say that I hope that they come at this with some sort of maturity and 
actually go through the process of investigating and having actionable and or actionable intelligence instead of just somebody called the FBI and said that their racist uncle was at the fucking Capitol building and they believe him on it. Yeah, totally. Likely video. A lot of these people videotaping themselves there, like, hey, we're storming the Capitol right now. Yes, they on. did. Hey, it's me, uh, uh, Chum Butley. <laughs> I'm here at the Capitol. <laughs> I work for I work for uh, Trunt uh, Gunch's Lawn Care Service. Here, I'm on video live at the Capitol. I'm I'm farting on Pelosi's chair. Yeah, they did all that shit. Hey, it's me, Brovet Six, live from the Capitol, sniffing AOC's seat in Congress. This communist bitch. Lord, have mercy, my friends and neighbors. I'm we sorry. saw that. Do they deserve to go to jail? We saw it happen. Yeah, they do yes. because that's not. That's just not how. Frankly that's not in our charter to behave that way if you're going to take over the government take over the fucking government well also like the founding fathers fully realized that if they failed to take over the government they were going to get treated like traitors so if you're going to try to take over the government accept the punishment for take, trying to take over the government and failing right you, you have to actually have a, a game plan that goes further than selling merch and <laughs> right you know fuck yeah science snake oil door. lord science so, snake oil and bridges over the hudson river <laughs> you mentioned uh you thought that we were talking about this uh when you, when you came in but we had already talked about it so i yeah what are your thoughts on the uh the uh the shooting. I'm with you. I, I think that he was an unfuckable that lost his mind. Obviously, there's some psychopathy that is resonant in that in that twitching brain, but frog brain that he has. But yeah, he he's unfuckable and and he t- exacted revenge. And the police are out there apologizing for him. Once again, we have a situation where some wacko cracker kills people and they're taking him to McDonald's. You know. Well, and and I'm going to point out, I pointed it out in the group chat, but the reason that they're playing it off the way that they are is because it doesn't fit the approved media narrative. It it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a church, so it wasn't uh, religiously driven. It wasn't a group of African-American people, so he couldn't have been racist. Um, No, he's an unfuckable. So they went... Yeah. <laughs> when 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 you know, and it also I think it underscores two things. Obviously, you know we can we can kind of try to spin this into a race issue, and it is. Um, it's two things. Asian women. Say it one more time, Trish. I I couldn't hear you. I said it's definitely a race issue because he targeted Asian women specifically. Yes, that's the first thing, right? Then the second thing is sex workers, right, who are basically little more than animals in our society. They have no rights. They apparently deserve no justice. 
right? So there's a problem. There's another problem. And the final problem, which I don't know if it's the biggest problem or not, but the dude butt the gun like the day before the shootings. So obviously the cool down laws are not happening in Georgia. And now I know I'm not talking to the right audience when I'm talking about well, no, pictures on no, guns. But I, I, we actually discussed this earlier, and I mean a cool down period is common sense. A background check yeah. or a mental health check is common sense. Yeah, yeah. Just because I I own guns and support the ownership of citizens owning guns, I I I think that we should have common sense laws my my father has schizoaffective disorder and can't operate in normal society even when he is medicated somebody like that shouldn't have guns yeah i think that's a very common thing but i also believe that i would like to take a 308 and go hunting every once in a while because i'm not vegan of course, and and I think that's a f- fully appropriate. And and you know, don't take me the wrong way. I think I've been pretty clear that I, guns are not a choice I make. However, I don't want to see your choices disrupted. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I right, but that. I don't think common sense legislation is disrupting that. I have no problem no. waiting. Right, I agree. Yeah, to, I agree. To so. purchase my firearm when I did. But yes, it's a racist, yeah. Trish. I didn't mean to. Uh, misconstrue that I might not have been clear I often am not clear it primarily that but secondarily um like I said sex workers are barely more barely human beings in our culture well they weren't even sex workers it, it's also a gender issue like they weren't oh, I thought they were I thought it was targeted a, women it was a no it was a parlor. massage parlor simply well, massage I mean- uh, I think that uh, the, the attacks taking place there had to do with stereotypes that surround Asian massage parlors. Correct. But... Okay, got it. So maybe it was a legit joint that does aromatherapy and massage, and he went in there and tried to get a happy killed him for no reason. Yeah, right. That's even more fucked up. That's one. But I mean, that being said, sex, sex workers are workers too. Correct. And yeah, we, and we should not treat them the way that we do. Society. Right, even if they were sex workers, they would have every right to say no to a fucking client. If Correct. With no get the fuck out. Um, so you still would have been taking retaliation. Trish, do you know, do you guys, I know I'm catching up, so thank you for letting me yeah, there was and then drove into Atlanta and hit that place and driving south of Florida when they caught up with him. Um because there was video footage of him. I if I remember correctly, I think it was his own family called and you know, told the cops his phone number. Basically they tracked his GPS on his phone and caught him before he got to Florida. They think he was going to go shoot some more places up down there too. the whole way around he was just gonna keep going on killing people until somebody fucking stopped him that is an angry ass fucking info psychopathy so uh dean sir 
I know that you have a pretty sizable update, so I'm just going to lead us. I do. I, you know, and I, we were just discussing that. I wanted to, I know you asked me and I haven't responded. I had some personal stuff to do. Um, uh, by the way, uh, I will be getting my vaccine tomorrow at 10 p.m. So, yay. I'm really happy about that. Um, uh, I have a very big update. I don't even know if we should get into it. Am I, are we going to stream tomorrow, correct? I mean, I would assume that we're going to stream in one form or another. I don't know that it'll be a full current event stream because we... Okay. You know. I, I'll take... If you don't have another topic for tomorrow, I can take the whole show. No shit. Yep. Okay. What I've got, I really need about... So tomorrow, COVID special, everybody. We will... Uh, Make well, we got it for that. We got to interview that lady too. Oh, okay, good. Okay. We'll do that Remember. primary. Yes, that's the primary topic, and then we'll do we'll do. Uh, I can do it in about a half an hour. Oh, if, okay. If, yeah, I, I could I compre just, compress it. I didn't want to uh, keep on putting her off because I, you know. No, I let's a, do that. I'm glad you mentioned it. I know there was a good reason. I don't know if we discussed on here what was going on, but I probably Rob got. In the hospital, you know. <laughs> I didn't know what we. I didn't want to, you know. Oh, I already. I've already made okay. reference to it. Yeah. You know, like the sorry about my face comments. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so Ron said, well, if sex workers can be legal in Reno, they can be legal everywhere. Just another right wing yeah. prohibition. Are they in Reno? Is that right? Is so it must be a state of Arizona thing or yeah, uh, it's uh, Nevada thing. I know of one particular big thing back down there, and it's the Bunny Ranch, I believe it's called. Oh yeah, I've heard about that place. Don't know shit about it, but yeah. Yeah. They were they're legal in Germany and regulated by the German government. It seems to work out just fine. I don't understand why it's such a. It actually, I do understand. It goes back to the the Puritan roots of this nation, but we won't get. That, that's a, a rabbit hole. Well, maybe we oh. should bring a sex worker on who would be willing to talk to us. Somebody who's woke, somebody who's an activist, somebody who's can enlighten us. I mean, am I, I wrong to think I that have they... an idea, but I'll have to talk to I them mean, about it. Reach male, out female, to left doesn't Twitter. matter. Yeah. Reach out to left Twitter. I'm not even kidding. I think isn't it legal in Canada too? I want to say I thought they had a red light district as well. I, I haven't the foggiest idea. I lost because I know Amsterdam either. does, but I don't know. About Most it. European countries do. Yeah, and I, mean, I got rid of my map of the red lights when I became an adult, but <laughs> just a shitty joke. Everybody. Natalie just is bottom line for is... her vaccine in about a week. Congratulations! Oh, Congratulations, good, good for you. Yeah. I think it's important that we, and tomorrow I will elicitate this uh, a lot more, a lot more. But I think it's important that we, we there are people who may be looking on to us and maybe even whereby we're setting something of an example. And I think that I don't plan on lecturing anybody about the vaccine tomorrow. That's not the point of tomorrow's show. It's a state of affairs. And and I'm, I will share, if it's okay, if I share, Rob. Yeah. Uh, 
I will share just the oops I will share just the the present state map now keep in mind that uh, eight days ago the majority of the country showed as green so where you see anything other than green that means that cases are rising and the the more they rise the redder they get and you can see just about a third of the country is uh, in trouble right now. We're back, uh, we're, we're easing back into uh, what I believe is another surge. And we'll just, like I said, we'll discuss that in, in great detail, but just in the state of Michigan alone, by the way, Arizona's look pretty good. We're up 52% in Michigan. Kansas has been red for like two weeks. I don't know what the hell is going on in Kansas, but it's, it's not good. A couple, couple grand a day. California is down significantly. Arizona is down significantly. Yeah, so, our uh, for five days straight, we've had totals under a thousand for new cases. Well, and frankly, uh, you guys were the hot spot of the country for a minute. Yeah, but I mean that being said, we we were doing yeah. relatively well before that. Yes, sir. Just to uh, just to analyze this a little bit further, touching on something you said just a little bit ago, Arizona was the hot spot for the country. Ooh. You know what's happening right now? Um, all the uh, all the snowbirds, as we call them here, are coming back up north from their vacations in Arizona. And well, not even. spring training ain't even over yet, bro. The snowbirds are still here. I assure you. I know oh, every day. Got it. <laughs> okay, I I just figured since it's starting to get above forty. Well, that's or... actually kind of what I was getting at. Is spring training is happening? There's all these people gathering at the games and at restaurants and at bars, and yeah. I think that Arizona is going to be red relatively soon. But well, yes, and the 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 areas to watch out for that are particularly painful are. Uh, this segment right here, right? As you can see, Pennsylvania is just about neutral. Not great, not up, not down. But once this pocket, right, this area of the country where my mouse is circling, uh, northern part of New Jersey, New York State, Manhattan, Connecticut, and, and Philadelphia, once that starts to go red, that's where we'll get back up to 200,000 cases a day. Uh, I'm not saying it'll happen, but I'm saying that I can't see a way how it isn't going to happen. And that, that's all I'll share. After our, our, our guest, I'm more than happy to go into this in a little more detail. And if you're curious, if you'd like to follow along at home, uh, the URL is kind of complicated, but I will leave it in the chat once I can have an open the live stream chat. So when I get get to the live stream chat. This is where I like to pull data from. You know, we have our own statistics on the on the four we are many website too. Um, yeah, I was so, wondering if you were going to plug that actually. Yeah, oh yeah, I can show it. Um, we just uh, I just gathered a simple feed um, whereby if you wish you can you can get a snapshot. I call this a dashboard, right? I call we build a little dashboard here. You can. You can see the sources of our data. You can go get the data yourself if you wish, if you're that inclined to do so. But it just gives simple information globally in the U.S. 
Uh, we had a map, but who cares? You know, honestly, I, I, I discuss, you can, you can really drill into where the vaccine is by park country. There's a data explorer here and it does a lot, right? It even has one of those cool race charts where it shows you the timeline and who's, you know, Israel is it pretty much close to 100% right now, guys. I don't know if you knew that, but. Uh, Israel is. Yeah. If you're Israeli, if you're, if you're a Palestinian in an Israeli jail, probably didn't get the vaccine, but we'll, I digress. And then there's a, there's a listing of countries in the seven day, right? So as you can see here, we picked up, not the media really isn't picking this up. Brazil guys is on fire. And we're going to, I'm going to explain to you why that is tomorrow. And I'm going to explain to you how that is likely to happen here too. Brazil, Brazil is on fire. A little bit of good news, kind of, kind of out of um, off topic, but good news, not necessarily off topic. Mom, yep. mom scheduled her COVID vaccine. Oh, that's nice, nice. How old is your mom? Oh, that's not an appropriate question. She, uh, she was born in '62. Do the math. Oh, okay. Yep. I remember that problem. <laughs> yep. We knew that. So no qualms about telling anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, again, there's a data explorer where you can drill into a specific country. You can look at the difference between a logarithmic versus a linear uh, uh, scale, which, trust me, makes tells a difference. I see the media plays a lot with scale. It comes to numbers. This is just raw case data. You can see, you can take countries in and out, and you can see what the impact is. And it also has a race. So you can see, uh-oh, this is where it started, and it'll go through the whole pandemic, like, okay, which country is it? Who's going to win? I don't know. So the United States is in the lead. <laughs> da, 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 you know, and it's fun, you know, and it's not fun. It's not fun, you know. It's not fun. And, and, and I had somebody, that, you know what, this is kind of important, actually. I'm going to stop sharing. So Rob can put the music back on. Um, it never stopped for me, bud. <laughs> it's uh, this data, you know. Obviously, I got pretty deeply into it, and and not just the data, but the science behind it too. It's not they're not toys, you know. It's a fetishization. It's really the fetishization of suffering. Almost, that's kind of messed up, man. I don't even want to think about that too hard. But there is some kind of uh, there is a uh, kind of a a pathological uh, pull. You know, for me to have to every day check the status, see what's going on, look at the numbers, analyze the numbers, try to identify some trends. Oh, I found a trend. Uh, find people else who else were are, are experiencing similar things and discuss it. Um, I just think the times we're living in are unprecedented, and we've lived in it for so long now. It doesn't feel unprecedented; it feels normal. Yeah. Oh, a Funny, thousand people died today. The music Weird. fucking dropped when you said that. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, only a thousand people died. Great. Only a thousand Americans are dead today. I mean, that number would probably be significantly lower if we had a universal healthcare system and we had, you know, appropriate access to healthcare and proper staffing at hospitals. You know what? But... That's it, right? And you, what you said is the magic statement. We literally watched a House, Senate, and Congress attempt 
their level best to strip away healthcare in the middle of a pandemic. I that kind just let that sink in, guys. That just we have a we have a gerontocracy of and a, and and two chambers in our government full of literal ghouls who, who would behave that way. Ghouls. I have no other way to to describe it. Why we mean them next to Darth Sidious? <laughs> right. Striking similarities. All so right. we can so, we can so move on. Yeah, if you want, right. we'll move yes. on. We'll 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 catch back tomorrow, guys. So we'll, I do have uh, I do have some significant news. First up on LGBTQ news this week, um, Yun Hai Su, 23, who was a staff sergeant in the South Korean Army, was kicked out of the military last year after having gender reassignment surgery and has now been found dead in her home. Yun's death resonated even quote um, Yun's death resonated even more with the public, the military, and society refused to acknowledge the change. Rainbow action against sexual minority discrimination Korea, um, an umbrella association of group association group of 40 minority groups. Um, she was destined to be a soldier, a military nerd. She was so knowledgeable about all Korean troops chose in other countries and worked so hard to restart her service, said Kim, a friend of Byun's from high school. Byun had sued the army um, saying that she still hoped to continue her service, and the first hearing had been set for April. The military, however, state that they have no policies about transgender soldiers and haven't even discussed the most leadership, as Ken was the first known trans soldier in the ranks. So, um, Young had said at the time, um, I want to show everyone that I can also be one of the great soldiers who protect this country. Um, breaking down in tears as she described her to undergo surgery and the subsequent clash with the military. The National Human Rights Commission issued a statement honoring Byun's fight against deep-rooted discrimination and hatred and vowing efforts to improve the system. Um, I was unable to find anything as far as cause of death and I find that part particular to be a point of wonder um, if it was suicide or if somebody killed her. Uh, Natalie said she's having a hard time hearing you. Sorry about that. I have shitty service. Um, anybody, any comments about that case? I don't know. I'll move on. Uh, I, um, I just find it heartbreaking. Yeah, pretty much. Militaries in general, I feel like, are very behind on this. Yeah. To be so unaccepting of people. 
um, and their like their military is um, not voluntary. You know, anybody who is a male of a certain age and in good health is put in the military. Um, I don't know if you can even like willingly enlist as a woman there. I guess I should have looked that up to see, but it at this point in time you'd you passed that. And you'd think. So many people just you know rail against you know allowing trans people just fucking exist as they are and do the job without trying to come up with some fucking excuse for why they should do this. Like, motherfucker, it's not even your business what's in anybody's that has fuck all to do with the job they're doing. You've been allowed to stay in the military in Fionn's case. If it was a suicide, then that would probably be a huge driving force for why. And that's what she wanted to do with her life. Right. Um, the next story that I have here is at least a step in the right direction. Still don't fucking like Sleepy Old Joe, but uh, this article was highlighting 24 pro-LGBT actions within the first 50 days of Biden being president. And um, we, we do deserve, or he does, they deserve credit where it is due. They have made progress, even if it's not enough. Right. This is true. There's areas where they need a lot of fucking help. Um, but at least in this situation, they are trying to take some positive steps in the right direction. Um, these actions included the creation of the Gender Policy Council for Equity for Women and Girls, um, hiring out individuals um, as nominations, appointments, or hires included Pete Buttigieg as Secretary of uh, Transportation, Dr. Rachel Levine as Assistant Secretary of Health Services, if she gets confirmed, uh, Ned Price as the spokesperson for the Secretary of State, uh, Green Donpierre as Deputy Press Secretary, Billy Tovar as Deputy Communications Director for the White House, Carlos Elizondo as the White House Social Secretary, Emmy Cruz as the White House Director of Political Strategy and Outreach, and Quadam Ravahan, Raghavan, I'm sorry for destroying that, um, as the Deputy Director of the Office of Presidential Personnel. Um, well, if you want, I can copy this list and put it in the notes, but you see, there's there's a lot of out LGBT that they actually are putting in position power to things to do that actually change the way things are working. So at least that is a fucking step in the right direction there. Um, also, on that list, I do want to point this out because he already worked with the Obama administration, but uh, Rufus Gifford, he was, you know, the quote-unquote unofficial gay ambassador of the Obama administration. He is expecting protocol. Um, they also uh, 
assigned 12 professionals to the COVID-19 Health Equity Task Force, which address COVID-19 inequities based on identity and other factors. Uh, so, at least there's a little bit of good news there. Another here that ties in with this, um, the White House also warned multiple states who have been trying to push anti-transgender bills that those are now illegal. <laughs> um, let's see, under federal law, you know, it was uh, executive order, I do believe. Um, quote, the president believes that trans rights are human rights and that no one should be discriminated on the basis of sex. Not only is this the law of the land, it's his own deeply held view, said White House Press Secretary Ben Psaki about Biden, obviously. Um, quote, the anti-discrimination executive order that the president signed is focused on children being able to learn without worrying about whether they will be discriminated against. And this means not being denied access restroom, the locker room, or school sport. So all these states that have been trying to pass these anti-transgender bills to black trans women and girls from, you know, even playing on their sports team as if that's a legit fucking excuse for some discrimination, yeah, they can officially, federally stick it up their ass. Uh, Biden's order extends this reasoning to other areas of discrimination covered by federal law, including Title IX's protections in education. Just to clarify, this executive order is just telling them to enforce the law that's already in place. You cannot discriminate based on sex, period. Right. That includes it being a case of none of your fucking business what's in somebody's pants if you're a human being. Exactly. Exactly. So, since the state legislatures cannot overturn federal civil rights protections, this means that states like and last year, Idaho, that to ban transgender girls from school sports are in violation of the federal law. So, who knows? We might see some, some of the cases coming here. This at least is one area where this administration is not going to back down. Not going to be allowed to. I think they're well aware of that, which might be why they're at taking some measures because you know the trans hate and whatnot that came with the Trump years really set back a lot of policy that they'd already started passing during the Obama Today we're going to be talking about what it means morally Thanks Bernie <laughs> My bad. All ears <laughs> No, I was uh, I was looking ahead, and uh, I I didn't mean to make a big noise. <laughs> you know, we glanced over something that was seems to be emerging as a hot issue, right? Because everybody's got to have a big goddamn argument all the time. You said uh, would not allow or not permit the banning of transgender athletes yes the, can can you explain what that means um well there's been a bunch of states that are trying to pass anti-transgender laws 
and you know for this example they were up of like not allowing to compete on their sports teams at school things like that of various prejudices that they were putting into place legally or at least trying to in some cases um and now that is federally banned that you cannot pass anti-transgender laws because that is sexism and that falls under title nine so basically that example like rob said was just telling him you need to follow the fucking law that's always in, already in place as well as explaining to the dipshit it covers this sexism that you're you know taking out right here because that's what a lot of transgenderism comes down to or, you know the anti-transgender ideals comes down to is also sexism like that's none of their fucking business what's somebody well I think there's a um Rob are they coming for you <laughs> no not yet oh good okay well I think there's a great deal of collective pants shitting over transgender athletes participating in 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 sports especially um especially uh m to f transgender athletes who basically mop the field and they're pissed or accomplish some kind of a particular in their fantasy or their wild imaginations these these young people are outscoring huge scholarships full rides because they can they can throw a javelin seven miles you know or whatever i really don't know what the fuck the problem is you know I don't either. I think they're just using sports as a fucking excuse for their discrimination. Personally, I think sports should be gender fucking neutral. Same. Same. Get everybody out there. That's the answer, isn't it? It's the democratization of of human functions, right? Human activities. Right. But I really need to have a gendered potato head. If you don't <laughs> give that to me, I'm going to shit my pants. I need to have gendered plastic items. I, I died when I saw that meme with, you know, Mrs. Potato Head handing Mr. Potato Head a fucking potato dick. Here, plug this in. <laughs> I was going to share that and Rob, and I was like, I better not. That's not appropriate. And Rob was like, it sure as fuck is appropriate. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll never find it. I'll never find it again. <sighs> I might find that again. So, uh, are we are we done with that section? Yeah, man. I just, you know, that's a big can of worms lately. The athletes, the athletes issue seems to be something that they can latch on to. Before it was bathrooms, now it's athletics. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and it's all bullshit. Okay, Emily. Emily said. It's funny because as a kid, I grew up playing soccer with boys and girls. As soon as you hit high school, that's wrong. I preferred co-ed, though. More challenge. Same. Same, dude. Like, I was surrounded by boys growing up. There was only one or two girls I was ever really around, and one of them was my cousin. (laughs) So, like, I was playing football, basketball, and soccer with a bunch of dudes. The whole fucking neighborhood we would congregate, man. Um... I, I liked that. I did not like that things were separated by gender when it came to the school sports, um, which is why they never convinced me to join any of the teams. They tried asking me, and I was tempted to get on the wrestling team, and I probably should have. But I will say, 
my school was one of the first in the area to have girls on the boys wrestling team. They've made it co-ed. Hell yeah. Everything isn't about sex all the time, always for fuck's sake. Right. For real, they just recognized the athleticism and they were like, wait a minute, we shouldn't be confining this to the boys when we've got girls who are fucking down for wrestling and football. <laughs> like, <laughs> Emily said we had to get notes in middle school to be allowed to play football at recess with the boys. Oh my God. That's fucking dumb. You, are, you do not have your papers. You must return. <laughs> carry that permission slip with you every time you hit the playground <laughs> like holy fuck what so what were the little girls who didn't have the slips doing I don't fucking know because I, I was busy actually playing sports and building go-karts and working on mopeds bunch of guys so. <laughs> oh man so I guess uh Moving on to... You already got a sneak preview of what's coming. Yeah. Rocket. <laughs> oh, wait. We're done with LGBTQ. There was one... Oh, oh was there? I, I thought that was the last one. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, nope. There's... um This one's about Amazon, which... Fuck that gold-hoarding fucking dragon, but his partner put the spank on some shit. Um, there's this really fucked up trash ass transgender anti-transgender book um called when harry became sally responding to the transgender moment written and published by ryan t anderson um it's trans hating trash that used to be sold on amazon but recently has been deleted from their bookstore <laughs> anderson for the heritage foundation and anti she's over here ripping them sorry where it's all good <laughs> He reportedly worked closely with then-Vice President Mike Pence, who is now the organization's newest recognized employee. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For oppression he never experienced. Like, Holy well, shit. It's harder to admit to being an evangelical Christian than it is to come out as an LGBTQ person. End quote. Oh. Canceling of his book, um, due to a quote, heretic hunting left, and demanded that his book continue to be sold, even if Amazon doesn't agree with it. Well, uh, I'm curious, there was he calling himself the heretic? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> if it weren't for his facetiousness in that moment, oh, of God. victim card, he might have found himself on the track to a fucking epiphany that what he's claiming to be his religious view of trans people sure is fucking Christ-like. <laughs> sure is. Oh man, that is that is just like I. Uh... In the right? interest of time, I just I'll let that go. But obviously, you know how I feel. When the uh, the only response is like gales of laughter, you know. <laughs> like this guy is fruity as shit, man. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> 
and he is just fucking obsessed with attacking the LGBTQ community. <laughs> he thinks it's his fucking anointed calling or some shit. I don't know. So, like, <laughs> I'm reading ahead in your notes here, and, and like, Mark Rubio, Mike Lee, Josh Hawley, of course, of course, they wrote a letter to fucking Jeff Bezos. Oh right. my god. Efficient explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Right, baby bitch. And then Amazon's yeah. vice president of public policy replied on March 11th, stating, quote, as to your specific question about when Harry became Sally, we have chosen not to sell books that frame LGBTQ plus identity as a mental illness. We reserve the right not to sell certain content. All retailers make decisions about what selection they choose to offer, as do we. That is a solid fucking response. Yes, Honestly. It is. It is. So I had to give credit where credit was due for him stepping up and being like, Matt. <laughs> right, like, no, bad senators. No. <laughs> Down transphobes. Get out of here. <laughs> Man, I'm glad you, I'm glad you pulled us back into that for that one. Me too. I I figured you'd enjoy that one. That was literally my favorite of all of them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You had Dean cracking up, that's for sure. Man, that's just crazy. Mr. Bezos, Mr. Bezos, where are the politicians you paid for? Wait, you took my book. You... <laughs> that, that's outrage and freedom of speech. I'm going to publish it on Parlor. <laughs> right? Probably the only place they'll find a reading base. I don't know if they have something set up of like charge people to read this, but if they do, they'll so, use it. <laughs> this uh this this Bezos batch is a pretty good lead in. Fucking A. Right? Oh man. Oh, excuse me. Let's see. So uh yeah, as I as I started to say earlier, you already know it's coming. And today we're going to be talking about what it means morally and economically when one person in this country, the wealthiest person in the world, Jeff Bezos, has become $77 billion richer during this horrific pandemic while denying hundreds of thousands of workers who work at Amazon paid sick leave and hazard pay. As you may know, uh, I asked Mr. Bezos to testify at this hearing. He, he declined show. my invitation, and that's too bad. Because if he was with us this morning, I would ask him the following question. And that is, Mr. Bezos, you are worth $182 billion. That's a B. $182 billion. You're the wealthiest person in the world. Why are you doing everything in your power to stop your workers in Bessemer, Alabama from joining a union so that they can negotiate for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. Yeah, so basically I had originally had a story in there uh, about how Bezos uh, declined the invitation, but instead I just let Bernie say it himself. <laughs> oh yeah, Bernie. What would Ann Rand say about that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! 
But you never read it, not one word, have you? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. That's why I'm afraid, you know, I, you know, I, I'm afraid of the, I'm afraid of the Silicon Valley ugly arcs. I'm afraid of them. I think they're soulless. I think they're, they're ruthless. And I think they will, if they could make money turning us to blood, they would. Period. So workers' rights, healthcare, these are literally nothing. We're like, like, like California Uber, right? People are literally nothing more than car parts to them now. Thanks to those kinds of labor laws. The other they're story, they're not even uh, human. The other story in wealth inequality is, is I, I mean, I'm not even going to like read anything from the story because this is something that we've actually discussed before. But very few student loan borrowers are receiving forgiveness through the government repayment plan. They have an absolutely abysmal track record. There was some notes I made on this, and I don't know where they went. But uh, basically, what it was boiling down to was their parameters for even qualifying. Because the only way you qualified for the loan forgiveness is if you'd already paid 20 years worth of consecutive on-time payments. Yeah, and there was a cap on how much it would cover, too. Right. It's like, that only fucking helps the people who can already afford to even be paying it if they're paying it on time that long. Abysmal is an appropriate description for that one. Um, can you, I think we're, we're going to need you to go ahead and prove that you need this kidney. <laughs> Show us a valid justification and also we would like um, letters of recommendation. All right, we want to know what the people in your life think about you and if they approve you getting a kidney from somebody else. Be nice to them. We'll be checking your social media. <laughs> and your spending. And your browser history. <laughs> your browser history, yes. We want to know what you search for on Pornhub if we're going to prove this kidding. <laughs> yeah, and if you're if if you're using that trashy ex hamster, you're you're I'm sorry, that's an immediate disqualification. Wow, bringing up some unknown sources there, Dean. Hey, Don, <laughs> you're back. Don pretends he's never heard of it. I, I am, listen, I'm not on trial here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don, so, Don, do you know what time it is? Oh, no, oh. time is a human construct. I mean, you're right, but it's. Oh, no. No, I covered all these in the other news portions. We can skip this. Oh. Sorry, guys. Oh, well, I, but even, I'm gonna... I even circled back to it because I didn't want you to get skipped. I, I forgot. Yeah, sorry. 
sorry, I covered them in other portions, and right now corned beef is much more important. Ah, well. No offense to my brothers and sisters in arms. I'm sure you would be eating corned beef tonight, too. Well, uh, actually, there'd be a party in the barracks. I know that for a fact. Everybody's got to have a big. So this week's working class firearm of the week is the Century Arms Visca. It is an AK variant. Uh, as shown, brand new list price is $749. Uh, comes with a 30 round magazine, shoots 7.62 by 39 millimeter Russian ammo, which you can buy on the internet in bulk for much cheaper than American. Russian ammo. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, it's it's affordable. It's reliable. Um, it's American-made Kalashnikov design, ultimately. Uh, it's reasonably accurate. Even, uh, you know, the AK platform has a reputation for not being the most accurate, but it's, it's not bad. Uh... There's a good amount of aftermarket magazines like drum mags and other other accessories. It's got plenty of stopping power. I mean, you could deer hunt with it if you had to. You'd have to place your shot well, but you could deer hunt with it. Um, 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 real quick caveat on what you're saying. As somebody who is somewhat an expert in firearms platforms, especially the AK-47 and the M4, um, <clears throat> a lot of the accuracy issues come from uh, people watching a lot of Hollywood action movies and playing fucking cowboy and throwing it on full auto because it can go on full auto and firing from the hip because they look cool. Um, also, I have experience hunting, hunting with this platform, as you know, and it, it works really well. Works really well. You That's don't my two need cents. 30 rounds to take down a deer. No, no, you don't. Nor would you want to. Your meat would be full. Yeah, of right. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking to pick out of your meat before you can cook it. No, but sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you have to borrow somebody's firearm to go hunting because you can't afford to buy your own. Well, and I mean, like I said, if you place the shot well, then it's, you know, it's going to take it down. Unless you're like bear hunting or something. And if the first one didn't kill it, then obviously when you get up closer, you can accurately close range, you know, put them out of their misery. Right. Uh, you certainly don't. 30 rounds, but, you know. All right. So, uh, the next section is, uh, I, I'm actually pretty excited about that one for this stream. Uh, science, science, science. Bill Nye, the science guy. No. Boo, 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 boo. Oh, God. So, uh, oh, I'm still screen sharing. 
We are Science rules. We, we can theoretically break the warp speed barrier, ladies and gentlemen. Star Trek, Star Trek could be real life. You know, if we had all the socialism and stuff. <laughs> I was waiting. I was counting down <laughs> the seconds in my head. Um, but yeah, so... Basically, they have theoretically proven that faster-than-light travel is possible without breaking Einstein's theory of relativity, and then they explain how. Um, Please, expand on that. Explain how. I mean, it's literally how they describe it in Star Trek. Technically speaking, the ship is not going to be moving faster than light. It'll be warping the space around it so it's smaller in front and bigger in back. Nice. So, I, I'm not even kidding. It's just like fucking Star Trek. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's fucking beautiful. I think that Gene Roddenberry was a time traveler. I I also have something that goes in science and anthropology news. Indeed. Um, scientists at Yale have repaired spinal cord tissue with stem cells derived from the patient's own bone marrow. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. I wish I had one of them air horn things queued <laughs> up like a soundboard. We can, add, we can add that in, in, in post. <laughs> yes, that is fucking awesome. Beautiful. I'll send a link to that in the, uh, in the Slack. So we can, uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. I mean, I, I appreciate the horn being, but it's not the horn that I was hearing. Oh, sorry. I can't find it though, so it's okay. Wait. Well, I don't need to listen to all of them, but I can I can give you a preview here. Okay, I don't need the music. That wasn't <laughs> the horn I was hearing. Oh. Hopefully the music... Okay, yeah, the music was gone. That one sounds too much like a boat, though. That's music. That's not a horn. That's not a horn. Okay, yeah, see? No. But but a hockey horn, man. You know, like the horns at a hockey game. Fair Nobody. Nobody. Hold on. I'm realizing that uh, I got caught in the, um, in the video just like shoving corned beef in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, whatever. This is why I killed my video earlier while I was eating. <laughs> so, Left Unity, we don't really have anything for today, but we will tomorrow. So, that brings us to the Revolutionary Left Book Club. Thank you for joining us. Uh, did anybody... Well, I mean, I know we did, but did anybody else read the material? Like in the comments? 
either way, we're going to be discussing it. Um, so the, the material is Mao's Little Red Book. Or, you know, it's official title quotations from Chairman Mao. I put a couple of excerpts in here from Chapter 1. Uh, they, they stated that they are a well-disciplined party armed with the theory of Marxism-Leninism, using the method of self-criticism and linked with the masses of the people. An army under the leadership of such party, a united front for all revolutionary classes and all revolutionary groups, under the leadership of such a party, these are the three main weapons in which we have defeated the enemy. Um, the next one is, our party has laid down the general line and general policy of the Chinese Revolution as well as various specific lines for work and specific policies. However, while many comrades remember our party's specific lines for work and specific policies, they often forget its general line and general policy. If we actually forget the party's general line and general policy, then we shall be blind, half-baked, muddle-headed revolutionaries, and when we carry out a specific line for work and a specific policy, we shall lose our bearings and uh, vacillate now to the left and now to the right, and work and the work will suffer. Ain't um, that the truth? Also, I prefer to be fully baked. <laughs> <laughs> But basically, Chapter 1 mostly lays out the role of the Communist Party in their life after the revolution. It lays out how the party functions, uh, stresses that it should have the ability to take criticism. Uh, Mao is the one that came up with the concept of dual power, which we've discussed before. Uh, that's what he means by take criticism. Lays out the importance of keeping with the masses, meaning meet them where they are. And I mean, I'm guilty of it too, but like without faces, uh, without faith in the masses, we will accomplish nothing. And I mean, it's very easy to lose faith, especially here, but without faith, we will accomplish nothing. Uh, without theory and historical understanding, we'll still accomplish nothing. I'm not saying that we should become complete bookworms and read fucking a book a night or <laughs> something like that. But I do think that we need to have a basic understanding of theory to really try to build the world that we want to see. Well, it's part of changing the narrative because people have been lied to for so many years about what these terms even mean. Instead of being given the definitive understanding from the very sources of the terms themselves, you know, um, in order to change that fucking narrative, we've got to show people where to find what these things actually mean, in what context, how they apply. You know, one big thing I took away from reading the uh, skimming through the couple of chapters that we were supposed to skim through wasn't even from the book. It was just my own reaction to having to skim through these these chapters. Really. Realizing that I'm, I'm somebody that grew up in a very isolated portion of America. And I, I talked to mom about it. Mom, my, my family never portrayed China as the enemy. But government did. And I, I spent the first few years of my adult life growing up in the army where China's feud, like I mentioned earlier in the um, 
opinion piece about the potential of the Cold War with China, they are viewed as a threat. And we're told they're a threat. So sitting down to actually read this was more daunting of a task than I thought. Past that whole, no, they're they're the enemy thing in the back of my head. The stigma of that. I get that. I get that. Well, what do what do you take away from it, though? Like, I mean, a lot of. Although I have problems with the current Communist Party in China, and I think I've made that very clear. Um, a lot of what. <clears throat> Chairman Mao was saying it was coming from a good place. It just wasn't executed the way he was saying it. That's that's pretty much I mean, the more I learn about Mao Mao, that's pretty much I mean, okay, so like we like to put everything on the leader. We do the same thing to American leaders, and there was well, a we lot also... of people involved in the Communist Party that made these decisions with Mao. We also like to portray things as black and white, and it's real easy if there's a bad guy. Right. Right. Uh, so a couple excerpts from chapter two. Actually, I think we have four for yep, chapter two. Yep. Changes in society are due chiefly to the development of the internal contradictions in society, that is, the contradiction between the productive forces and the relations of production, the construction, uh, contradiction between classes and the contradiction be between the old and the new. It is the development of these contradictions that pushes society forward and gives the impetus of, or for the supersession of the old society by the new. Uh, the next one is a revolution is not a dinner party or writing an essay or painting a picture or doing embroidery. It cannot be so refined, so leisurely and gentle, so temperate, kind, courteous, restrained. A revolution is an insurrection, um, an act of violence by which one class overthrows another. Now, keep in mind that that was written before revolution. Keep in mind that that is referring to Chinese society in 1927 um they had been they 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 didn't even have the right to self-determination until they overthrew the japanese when was that what 1949 right well world war ii ended and the japanese didn't have china anymore so i guess it wouldn't have been then I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know what happened in China between World War II and Mao's revolution, but there was only five years of it. Indeed. Well, anyway. Um, the two excerpts from chapter two that I put in here are our enemies are all those in league with imperialism. The warlords, the bureaucrats, the comprador class, the big landlord class and the reactionary section of the intelligista attached to them. The leading force in our revolution is the industrial proletariat. Our closest friends are the entire semi-proletariat and petty bourgeoisie. As for the vacillating middle bourgeoisie, their right wing may become our enemy and their left wing may become our friend, but we must be constantly on our guard 
and not let them create confusion within our ranks. And that means all that infighting bullshit you see on the internet. Stop that shit. Right. Right. That's precisely why I put this one in there because it still fucking applies so beautifully today to what we're seeing in American politics with the leftist infighting. Beautiful one. Anyway, the other one is whoever sides with the revolutionary people is a revolutionary. Whoever sides with imperialism, feudalism, and bureaucrat capitalism is a counter-revolutionary. Whoever sides with the revolutionary people in words only, but acts otherwise, is revolutionary in speech. Whoever sides with the revolutionary people in deed, as well as in word, is a revolutionary in the full sense. I love that one. That just... (laughs) <laughs> gets my fist up in the fucking air like that that's a beautiful one I think that was one that you had shared in the chat before and it stuck out it, it probably was uh, through these chapters that is a beautiful one that's the one that when I started reading it at first I didn't realize it was a quote from Mao I thought it was a quote from Fred Hampton because <laughs> it was his chapter two is laying out the difference between classes definitively and belts and struggles created in a class society it calls for philosophical thought in dealing with the difference in ideals between classes and where this thought leads to the conclusion that for truly equal society there cannot be a bourgeois ruling class its existence to exploit the proletariat working class. Um, it defines the revolution itself by the act of overthrowing the bourgeoisie, not the art or music which may inspire people to action. And I, I agree in part there, as, but, you know, you have to say many actions are revolutionary, such as mutual aid, but do not necessarily achieve physical overthrowing of the bourgeoisie Um, also tells me he must not have been a spare painter or been a painter in his spare time. Uh, <laughs> a spare painter. Um, but <laughs> this is not always a leisurely effort nor restrained. <laughs> I'll just say that as a painter. But it inspires people to go beyond words and actually take action. What I do. Quite. So, what do you think the next two chapters for next week? Fuck yeah. That'll be Mondays that we do the Revolutionary Left Book Club. So that'll be chapters two through four of uh, The Little Red Book, which is uh, available in ebook form on the Marxist Internet Archives. I will get a link to the slack so somebody could uh, hold on I'm sorry I'm trying to type and talk at the same time I'm gonna get a link that I'm gonna drop in the slack for somebody else to drop in the Facebook anybody else have any input on uh, the little red book
I was muted. It's a good read so far. Alright, I put the link in the Slack if somebody could dump that onto uh, the Facebook comments. And uh, that pretty much brings us to the end, actually. Don have good news? Does he? Does he? I don't know. That's what <clears throat> Actually, yes. Actually, oh. yes. Um, okay, so a little bit of personal good news. Um, and I do believe that, yes, it is weird that people are concerned with the genitals of children. But that being said, I'm having a boy. <laughs> We found out the other day. We found out the other day. I'm so excited. It's three for three. I'm building an army. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, more good news, depending on how you look at it. Sleepy Joe finally starting to hit us with them stimmies. Um, I went out and spent uh, what I believe is a lot of money on some dumb shit for myself. Uh, new new dice, a set of new dice for D&D and an entire collection of every or, or every spell in D&D on flashcards, handy flashcards. Um, you know, 30 bucks, bunch of money on some dumb shit. <laughs> Good thing you didn't buy those books. You know, oh, those man. books are worth so much money. Actually, yeah, I and I've been looking at buying the books because I really, I like, I like the app that I have, but I don't like that I can't download the books that I own through the app into like PDF files. But that's really all. The, the comments are blowing up with congratulations for you. Hey, hey, everybody! Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. His name is Sequoia. Um, it means sparrow in Cherokee, and I am, in fact, Cherokee. Um, so he is, in fact, Cherokee. Um, we're really excited. He's due in August. Uh, he's got a really big head, giant nose. It's all par for the course for my children. I have a 3D image of him from the uh, ultrasound, and it's really cool to look at him. So so excited with how far technology has come thank you guys so uh ron commented on a call back to the shooter in atlanta i just heard that the cop who said the shooter was having a bad day had also posted racist tropes about china in relation to the pandemic surprise Anyway, probably, is what? Probably his buddy or something. That's that's how he was taken alive. Go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my homie. What you All right, guys, I'm gonna dip out early and go smoke dabs. I love you guys. It's been awesome. Thank you again for having me, as always. Peace. Peace. We are just wrapping up anyway. Uh, 
I would think by now most of you guys probably know where to find us. But uh, www.4wearemany.org is our headquarters, if you will. Um, eventually, we're going to try to start moving the stream comments over there, too. So, you know. If you want to make that switch with us, just feel free to go on over to the website. We're also on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and all over Facebook. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash for we are many. Uh, we have a we have a uh, PayPal and the email address is that one right there. Oh. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. Anything anybody else have any closing statements? I just want you to pull up the Patreon page so I can laugh at the Elon Musk category. <laughs> that one's just pure gold. I love it. How come you haven't added the Bezos category yet? I'm lazy. No, actually, I'm I'm literally overwhelmed. I don't have enough minutes in the day. And you still make time for us. Right. It's important. You all are important, and, and everyone hearing me is too. So, uh, you know, these three are for normal people, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if you scroll down here, <laughs> if you are Elon Musk, yeah, <laughs> we got you, bro. Just give us one month, Elon. <laughs> give us one day. Right? <laughs> you know how much we can do with that? <laughs> <laughs> we could all get new computers and new mics and yep. I don't know. Probably put it into the mutual aid too. Natalie said when she searches for us on YouTube, it doesn't come up. I've actually had that problem too. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're not like a popular account or whatever. For We Are Many podcast, is that what she looks up? Yeah, you have to search for that. Good um, point, Austin. Yeah, that is a good point. But what I was going to do is just, you know, put the, the link to the channel. Yeah, yeah, that would And we're we're gonna be here tomorrow, right? Yeah. It uh, probably will be a much shorter show. Leftist leftist unity and uh COVID, right? Yeah. Yes. Can somebody drop that YouTube link into the uh from the Slack into the Facebook? Yeah, I will. Yeah, we're actually going to have somebody from the Green Party. I believe she's a, a volunteer. She volunteers for the Green Party. So, Well, yeah, the Green Party only has a couple of paid positions in the entire country. Yeah, I mean. 
Well, if we could get them to a certain amount of percentage, I'm sure they could offer a lot more jobs, paying jobs, that is. Oh, so. I'm sure. Anyway, um, anybody have anything they want to uh, say in closing? Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> They just, uh, they're trying to lower the uh, natural psychedelics down. Did you guys read that, that I shared in the in the messenger? I probably I missed it, bro. They're lowering like uh, mushrooms, uh, peyote, and other natural psychedelics down to a different tier. And the, they're going to try to make them legal. I mean, they made them legal in uh, uh, Oregon, was it? Yep. So it's natural medicine. Sure it is. Across the board. Shouldn't even be scheduled. Also, eat them if you got them. <laughs> and if you want to get rid of headaches and uh, anxiety and to quit smoking and other things, uh, microdose on some mushrooms. Recommended by Dr. Patton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a doctor, disclaimer, so. <laughs> well, I only got as far as my bed. But, you know, <laughs> Dr. Moffat also recommends mushrooms for things like headaches and don't get a second back <laughs> works it also works for stinking fucking thinking and need for ego death beautiful things I love it they grow on shit and turn it into something beautiful to show you your shit and turn that into fertilizer to grow something beautiful from Indeed. Well, I guess see you guys tomorrow, right? Yep. Thank you once again, everybody, for joining us. It's It's been fun. It's always fun. Thank you for your hope, hope for me feeling better soon. I'm sure time is just it's just going to take time. Fuck, man. It looks like you heard so. Oh, yeah, dude. That's why I didn't talk for a while. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I don't want you to scream in your face. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>